I'm going to go turn the light on behind me. Well, Mark's pumping up the show right now with an announcement on his light situation, as you can hear, ruining the intro, but we're gunning it anyway, because guess what? It's taking a little bit to get this thing going. I'm hoping that Twitch chat will tell me how audio sounds in just a second. Uh, so if you're listening to the podcast or whatever, it'll get better. But this is episode 139 of Hotline League, and boy, golly gee, am I excited to be here, because guess what we are? Coming off of something we like to call the LCS Finals Weekend, wherein TSM has won a thing that will offend many uh, and make others much happy. It's it's not it's been a while. Either way, of course, this, this show is brought to you by Alienware. We'll talk more about that over the course of the episode. But first, I'm joined by my constant co-host who has adjusted his lighting and has a strange bed sheet still hanging from his window. Mark Zimmerman, how's it going, Mark? Doing good. I'm again in the living room. Uh, Ashley has the 6 a.m. shift, so she's going to go to bed sometime in the middle of the show. And so I got kicked out of the bedroom. Great. So you're going to get quiet halfway through and we'll know. Oh, yeah, that's fine. It'll turn ASMR stream. Great. Can't wait. But how's Uh, your week been, though? uh, That's good. Finals is done. I'm done. Uh, I was uh, somewhat surprising. You know, we'll get into all the predictions and stuff that that went on. Uh, yeah, it was cool. Had some problems. Fucking power outage. Rolling power outage because the globe is... I don't know if this is true. James James told me an article said this, that it was like the hottest SoCal has ever been in like so 100,000 LA years. Has, LA has never hit, um, I believe, 121. I think the previous high was like 118 or something like that. And it did in yeah. Woodland Hills. This weekend, and then San Francisco also had the highest te- recorded uh, temperature. Yeah, and you're saying like meteorologically, uh, it would have been have been possible to hit this temperature for for like the last hundred thousand yeah. years or some shit. Exactly, forty nine Celsius. That's death. Oh my god, that's disgusting. Yeah, yeah that, that's unfortunate. I, don't know I am. Uh, I am not having children. I think because bringing them into this world is. Um, this is a form of torture. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Especially how I feel this year in particular. I just I'm like I don't I don't think it's ethical to um subject anybody else to this world. Anyway, speaking of optimistic what upbeat stuff, we got Raz. How you doing? Here. Raz is our guest for the week. Or how are you doing, Raz? How's that my introduction? <laughs> The world's ending. TSM is one again. It's all going to hell. It's true. Jesus. All right. What's yeah. What up? is I what mean... what is a better what is a better sign of the apocalypse? The plague upon this planet. The, the heat wave. The the ever rising temperatures in which we will all slowly perish in, or TSM winning this weekend. Raz is here to help us answer that question. Raz, how's your week been? Yeah, it's been good. It's been all right. I've been appreciating the week. I also, I don't know if people can see this, but like, I have weights behind me because now I'm basically in a prison cell. You know, I might as well just be fucked while I'm at it. <laughs> I thought you, were, I thought you were gonna get all optimistic on us and be like, it's gonna be over soon, so I gotta be looking good when I'm out of this this yeah. quarantine. But that's not, nope. Speaking, no, we're all gonna of... come out of quarantine all beefed up. We're just gonna be different people. That's what's gonna happen. Yeah, I'm definitely not just eating like shit and not moving definitely not yeah that's definitely i am 100 percent doing that i am uh i as i've as i referenced previously i reversed most of the gains that i made last year either way 
Speaking oh, someone reminded me in the chat that the Raptors got shit on. That's also the case. So, like, yes. today wasn't the best, so. And you were mentioning, uh, you know, doing that because you feel like you're in prison. Solitary confinement is what we've just awarded three teams with uh, this weekend. Congrats. Go yes. sit in your hotel room alone for 14, for 14 days. days. <laughs> After That's flying insane. across the, the, yes. the world. It's very funny because um, I get the feeling that nobody was wanting to talk about that for a while, and I started talking about it in some interviews, and I feel like other uh, some of the players also were around the same time started bringing it up in other other interviews. And it's just like, it's so wild. Um, I, I saw an Instagram story of someone who's over there in that... like. Yeah, 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 I wasn't gonna say who, but yeah, I well, saw she's the... posting that stuff publicly. I think so. Yeah, her, yeah. Her so makeup it, for, for yeah, yeah, the the makeup lady, uh, and just seeing the food that she's getting, it looks like prison. It looks Look, like she's in prison. Here's the here's what I don't wish on a lot of people, because like being in quarantine in other places in general is pretty tragic, but being in quarantine in a country that you really like, it's gonna be difficult for you to order food. Like that one is one aspect of it. Like going on. Um, using well i forget what it's called actually the application that i used erlama is probably the best way use of it but there's zero english on that application so like good luck on that and then on top of that getting internet you need a vpn um and i hope that they give people like proper pcs and everything so they can play chinese solo queue because that's all you're really going to do yeah i'm sure i'm sure they will and i think they're going to scrim from the hotel rooms but man it is crazy it's like congratulations now you get to go to worlds you will see no one like Let's be clear, pro players don't, it's not like they go out, they'd want to party or whatever. It's not that that crazy. But like the idea that you will literally, I don't I assume that somebody delivers something to your front door. Maybe you see them while they wear a mask and pass something over to you. But like mm -hmm. 14 days is a very long time to be shut, shut in a room that you cannot I mean, exit. The thing, you see what Cass is getting, right? It, it comes on like this little tray. I imagine someone like sliding it through the door. Like it legit looks like, looks like prison food. Which is, I'm so somebody. Um, I don't know if we're gonna get any of these takes because some some people. But yesterday when the power went out, uh, I had several people start de uh, tweeting at me saying like, "Why didn't Riot do a bubble for pl playoffs?" Did you guys see any of this stuff? I, I saw you raging at some no like Andy, and it was pretty funny. I well, there were just it was weird. I well, I got confused because, and I don't want to be. You know, these are nice people. I'm not trying to be shitty to them um maybe they're just as confused although it was weird because they got oddly aggressive but multiple like people started tweeting at me why didn't they do the bubble and i was like did somebody like did another personality on twitter like bring this up or something like why is it suddenly this conversation i'm like looking on reddit to see because normally when people start tweeting all this shit it's like it's spawned from some sort of conversation elsewhere and uh and i was like this is really ridiculous and they were like we're, we're gonna call into hotline league and talk about it. so if somebody wants to call in and say like why didn't lcs play playoffs do a bubble i'm we can have that conversation because having it over twitter was was gonna be very painful to me um raz what are you doing these days anyway because uh <clears throat> you don't it's how nice of it of you to not have to go to do the solitary confinement quarantine in china yeah. You just get Thank to God relax. Golden Guardians didn't make Worlds. Yes, can... exactly. That's what I'm trying to say. I actually would have liked to go back to Shanghai. I'm not going to lie. I actually, <laughs> like the, the quarantine stuff would be unfortunate, of course, but I like I was trying to fiend for a way to go back to China and visit. But um, for me, the offseason's been, because like after our playoffs in Academy, I just kind of like went through the usual stuff, which is like 
talk about it internally about like you know just the road ahead talk to players and stare at the wall blankly contemplate um, your decision to move into this career uh, just a lot of meetings <laughs> that's <Okay>. about it <laughs> A lot of meetings internally is like that. That's one aspect, and another one is um, just like any other external content. Like, because I'm still getting offers. Like, the good example of it was Academy Finals was something that I was a part of. Like, I did I was did desk work for that one alongside um, Alarim Dash, Mark Z as well. I think actually. Um, so like there you are think? a few things that come you weren't my sure. Way. Well, they had people I, coming in and out. All right, I tend to not make an impression. <laughs> oh my goodness recognizable face <laughs> but yeah um that's about it i'm um, just kind of thinking about the next it's usual like every after every season you start thinking about the next year um so i'm just kind of working towards that now yeah i'm really excited i i'm thinking about doing a video that's like i i should so it's as far as the motivation thing like i always i have mark will tell you i've got great ideas that i just never actually start doing um and he's got great ideas that he runs to the finish line and then never publishes so that's but <laughs> but we uh one of the videos i want to make is like here are all the players whose contracts are expiring this year and i think there's yeah. there's quite a few um uh, i i looked up recently and i think this is a couple so i'm sure you know i don't want to get too ahead of ourselves because off-season talk usually happens you know towards the end of the world but um, it is interesting that teams do have to start working on it now. And then, and then I think another video that's interesting is just like, what are some of the predictions I make for this? Like, I think there are some players where it's like, are they going to like, I love Apollo. I'm I'm hopeful that he makes an appearance in LCS next year, but I, there are some players that I worry that like they might not be returning or whatever. So we'll have to see. You always um, have to bring up his name, Travis. It's true. What because is that supposed to mean? Always starting shit with him. He's like, ah, yeah. it's just, you know, there's some players who I think are shit. I don't feel uh, comfortable enough saying like other players. I wonder if they have played their their last LCS game or something like that. And I and I hope good. Apollo hasn't because he's he's a great great interview. And that's really all I care about. Um, Off season is always wild. Like that's always the case. Yeah. Uh, no matter where you are, you never really expect it either. Uh, I know that no one expected coming into spring split. Like what CLG's team screen? would look like. Um, CLG's team being like, uh, like Crown coming into that team was one aspect that I didn't expect, and I thought it was going to look work great. I think I actually had them as fourth place coming into that split. Um, who else was it? Oh yeah, Immortals' entire team. Like there was actually so much that you just can't uh, kind of account for. So yeah, a lot's going to change. Who knows? Like what ends up happening? Yeah. Well, I I think. This off season, now we're kind of on the topic, but whatever. I expect. I'm wondering. I guess I should say if we're going to see less change, because we don't have new teams entering the league, and with the travel restrictions and stuff, like how many people are going to be super psyched to get or try to get like another Broxa type situation going again, like Team Liquid had. So it will. It will be definitely be interesting to see how things go. I think there'll be a ton of change. I think what Academy has proved this split um, made a large impact. Like Immortals actually having a really good impact when they were given basically shit. Like if they were, if they had that roster from the very beginning, I actually thought they'd make playoffs. Like that kind of conversation. Um, so and also like CLG is a bit of a void. So there should, especially when you have large changes in management um, right at the beginning of the split, which gives the new management time to really think about like a wholesale like change um then yeah I, I think next split should be a pretty large kind of vacuum of like talent i 
I'll say one thing. Here's an example of something that I, I think is going to be really interesting. I feel like there's a very good chance, and I have no insider information or anything like that. Like, we have possibly seen Bang play his last game in North America. Uh, you know, like, those are the types of things that I'm really interested in um, because I, I feel like he didn't seem very happy here and didn't have very much success over the course of two splits or maybe not the success he would have liked to have had. So, like, those are the types of predictions that I think would be really interesting to start making now. So we'll I disagree. We got worlds and all this other shit to go. You want to talk about 2021 already? What does that say about your outlook for worlds, Travis? I think honestly, my outlook for worlds is probably better than most because I'm foolish enough to believe, but also people are being so negative yep. about worlds that it makes me more positive in a sense. It's like people are just doubting us so much. And I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I feel like people just want to rag on NA. And uh, and in a world where, like, we haven't seen any international play this year, uh, outside of, I guess, like, LCK and LPL had their little thing, right? But I, I don't know. I think there's more uncertainty this year than there normally is. And I, think, I agree with that shit. I think a lot of people, too... Like this, like I, I here because I'm sure a lot of people at like Twitch chat and everybody are all gonna flame me for this, but like I think people should honestly ask themselves: Is are do they doubt North America in part because the narrative was we've got one good team and that's C9, and then C9 started losing, and so then it just became now we've got no good teams. You know what I mean? And I feel like that's a temptation that a lot of people are falling into. Um. Yeah, I'm kind of in the middle, I think. I think a lot of people are... It's, like, extra negative this year. But I never have had high expectations, so I don't... It's, like, kind of hard to talk about. Because I don't want to go, like, y'all, you're crazy. We're going to make it out of groups, all three teams, yada, yada, yada. But I also, like... My expectation, and, like, what I hope for, is that one North American team makes out of groups. Which I th I feel like, for some people, is still considered negative, you know? When it's um, like, what? That's what we... That's the yeah. best we've ever done at worlds is one team out of groups. Why would I like, that's what a good year is. Or like my, my baseline is like, that's what I hope for. That's what we should aim for. Cause that's all we've ever gotten. So like, this does not look like this insane grouping of teams to me. that think we'd get every group out, but I also don't think we're this trash team where no one's going to get out. So like, does that sound like a shitty expectation? I don't know. Am I, I jaded? I, I don't know. I, my take on it is, um, and I know there's going to be like a full on episode, just kind of talking about world at some point. Um, when people make kind of like sweeping statements about regions being strong, like I, I honestly like for good examples like LPL, people literally don't watch LPL. Like they don't even they don't even know how strong LGD looks like or Suning looks like or anything to that case. People probably still think that rookies going to worlds like these kind of things, or like Doombies going to worlds, and they'll be surprised when it's like, oh, that's not the case. Like why is that not the case? Like you you literally don't know the depth of the teams, and so like my take coming into this split. For LPL, just watching some of the games uh, was that I think top esports are really talented. Like I think they're a really strong squad across the, the board, but I think the depth of teams is probably not as strong as it was in the previous years. Like I'm not excited for um, like I, I think it's great for LGD coming into Worlds, but I, I'm not going to say oh LGD is going to smash like um, like European or or North American team. Not the case. I actually I would favor some of the North American teams over them. Like that's it's also, yeah. I was gonna say it's also worth noting that like 
it's a harder year with the new format with four European teams and four uh, LPL teams. Like, I would assume that that's more difficult than a lot of these other other uh, formats we've had in the past. Well, it's, yeah. it, what's true is, you know, all these LEC people, they're going to brag if they have more teams get out of groups. Guess what? They get more teams into Worlds. So, uh, hey, that's nice, you know. And if they don't do that well, they get even less teams out of groups. If we both get two teams out of groups, only half their teams got out, but 66% of ours did. We're better. That's true. I actually, I don't know. I want to look into some of the teams more. I think TSM's probably, right now, I'd say the only team I'd, I'd favor getting out of groups. It really heavily depends on the group draw, obviously. I'm just afraid of, like, some NA teams not actually knowing how to util- best utilize or be flexible using top lane. Like, top lane just be- becomes a void for TL and for um, FlyQuest. Uh, FlyQuest. So, like, that's something I think they should be able to play through. Or, like, if they're playing to bot side, which is completely fine, not, like, make it so top lane is just not only volatile, <laughs> but, like, well, but, do like, we know huge it, win condition for the enemy team. Do we know, and I don't, I don't ever pay enough attention to, like, patches and stuff like that, but is there going to be... Do we anticipate much of a meta shift or anything before Worlds? Because this isn't... We're not playing on the Worlds patch. Have they said if they're going to make very many changes to it or anything? No, they, the the big patch was basically, as I understand it, 10, 16, everything since then is, is tweaking. I don't okay. think there'll be anything huge. I mean, buffs and nerfs will continue to come in. I don't think, you know, like the power picks right now are going to stay exactly the power picks, but I don't think you're suddenly going to be like, oh, shit, Juggernauts or Arden right. Sense. You know, like, I don't think we're suddenly going to... Gonna, go insane um but there's think, a ton of nerfs and because we're on 10 8, yeah. 10 18 already and i think the world's patch is 10 19 or 10 20 i i forget exactly where we are i think the jungle will probably get be the biggest change because like even for playoffs like the huge shift was seeing a little bit more of evelyn and um like just ap junglers lilia is another example of that and teams honestly right now still don't know how to best use lilia you're seeing Lilia mid in solo queue. You're seeing Lilia top in some of the playoffs. I think Lilia is really strong, but it's just really difficult to fit her in a composition or like kind of know what's how to best fit her in there. So like, expect, like I think the time in which people are practicing for worlds, like actually grinding out in, in scrims and in, in Shanghai, like Lilia will just be probably like the biggest hot like topic or AP junglers. Yeah. I think we also have a lot of, uh, I think I've already pulled one caller at least talking about um, kind of worldsy well, stuff with like TL and getting gauntlet stuff. So I think we can we can maybe hop into some of that because we're kind of on that topic. Well, and I guess here's the thing is that if we don't, we talked a lot about worlds, but we didn't really talk about this past weekend. Right. And uh, I, <laughs> as, as, nice as, been to, as, as, as nice as they have been to me on the, on the subreddit, I do know TSM fans well enough that there will be a lot of angry comments if if we don't talk a lot about the fact that TSM just won. Didn't we talk about it? The world's ending. TSM won. I, At the top, we, we hit on excellent. it. But, but anyway, I mean, should, should we talk a little bit before the first callers come in about how sure, my yeah, predictions were absolutely accurate as to which, what would end up, up happening? I said TSM was going to win before they'd even played FlyQuest, and I was correct. On the last Can episode. anyone verify this? And this I, like uh, just and I, to I have been predicting. I have been. You know what I mean? Like, oh, can he's a fucking tra- devil and fanboy. But I have predicted TSM to win since their second Golden Guardians match, and I was right all the way through. 
So I feel pretty good about that. Uh, I predict it. It's weird because I, I said if TSM beat TL, they'll probably beat FlyQuest. And I predicted TSM to beat TL. And then I flopped to predicting FlyQuest. So I kind of like went against my own logic. But I think it was, I mean, the I just didn't see them play topside carries quite as hard against TL because uh, TL was doing the, the TF takeaway. Yeah. And then, uh, then FlyQuest just didn't do that because I was hoping PoE could play it. And I, I said this in the countdown leading up to that series where I was like, okay, I need to see how they're going to handle TL or excuse me, TF because TL took it away. It looked like it was really annoying because then it's harder to play carries into it. And then PoE just doesn't have any globals to play and they give up TF every game. And I'm like, all right, fuck there. Yeah. To so. me, it just felt like TSM was just getting better every time they played. And it, mm-hmm. it, that for me, that was like, I, like we meme a lot, or maybe even I, at least I meme a lot on callers who call in and say like, momentum. Okay, hang on. I have to write down a, a note for the audio that took place at 21 minutes. Um, so I can edit it out. I don't know why that stuff happens. We meme a lot on momentum. And whenever callers come in, they're like, I just think this, this team has more momentum. But like, I think this is a place where it's, it's not like, oh, th- this team just happened to win two games in best of ones during the regular split. It's like you could see TSM like ever since they turned around that golden guardians match, uh, I feel like really start to get better ever since Raz cursed them, uh, cursed his own team by sending me a message demanding an apology. I felt like TSM was getting better. And uh, that's, that's what ended up happening uh, over the course of, of this. So I don't know. I thought it was impressive. Yeah. I think they also, with the roster swap in the middle of the, the offseason, they had the most, or not offseason, postseason, excuse me, that they had the most room to grow. You know, like, okay, you bring Bio in. It's a really close series versus Golden Guardians. They win. Now they have another week to continue working with him. And then, like you're saying, they keep getting better. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I just, I don't know. All the players started getting better, right? Like, when, again, I'm not the best at identifying great players, but whenever I'm listening to the broadcast and the co-streams and I'm hearing everybody like, Wow, Speak is just really stepping up. Wow, Wildfrost uh, is really making a ton of great plays here. Oh, Bjerg's improving why he's uh, such an MVP contender. Oh, look, double of Senna. It's like you, you see literally all five players um, mm-hmm. getting this praise and, and stuff from. It's just, it's, it, like, I will say it is cool to see that team come together towards the end, um, regardless of if you're a TSM fan or not. Like, it's respectable to see, see like, the story of this team come together towards the end of the, the playoffs and like take it. So I don't know. I yeah. thought that was cool. Yeah. And I, yeah, go on. Oh, I was gonna say, uh, we'll get into why I'm excited about this, uh, but I am glad TSM won. I don't really care about any teams from like a fan level, but I'm glad TSM won for the reason that, you know, Raz kind of talking about, about using red side appropriately. It doesn't even have to be carry tops to use red side appropriately, but using counter pick and like these things, TSM was the best, as well as the fact that they actually play red side carries, so or excuse me, uh, top side carries. Like, I'm stoked they won, beat the hell out of our own teams because this is what's waiting for you at Worlds. And so, like, the fact that TSM wins um, kind of exposes these teams. Like, hey, you have to adapt. You're not actually ready for what's waiting for you at Worlds, as well as makes TSM look good. So, I'm actually really excited that they won for North America as a region um, because I think it's going to force them to, to confront some of these issues earlier. Yeah, I, I think uh, they needed a lot of the games and playoffs to sort out like the bot lane issues that they had between like their supports, and then on top of that, 
the draft was probably the biggest focus that they had in like some of our earlier games too in Golden Guardians, like the best use counter pick on support. Um, same with top lane to a certain degree. And then they just had like a solidified way in which they wanted to play the game in a best of five, which is really impactful. Um, like Senna was a huge priority for them. Set was like another one where they, they would pick it pretty early on. Um, I always think that you can trap set, but I think like if you if you can, I think, um, who is it, who is it, who is it? Um, Spika was actually performing really well and it gave time for some of the players outside of Bjergsen to start performing. Like Bjergsen was yeah. huge in the earlier series and then you gave an opportunity for um, like the bot lane of TSM to start really performing well. And the same case for Spika. Spika was actually insane in the last series. <laughs> like, I think, uh, yeah. I think the fact that they also, like you're saying about evolving, like they had different priorities. It felt like every series, which yeah. made it kind of hard to prep for them. Cause I didn't, yeah, Spika plays set and you know that they had some of those set Nidley type games before, but I didn't think in the finals they would have this priority on it, you know, take away potentially one of Santorin's champs and kind of also solos because they, they both kind of play that. So like the fact that Spika has such a big champion pool, he can play whatever the team needs and also whatever is good into their opponent versus just like, hey, I play Evelyn. I'm the, the carry jungler, but also fuck you. I'm taking your set away in round one every game this series, basically. So I have, I have two final things for you guys before we take callers. The first one related to the Spika thing. We're planning on doing the next episode of Run It Down on Spica. Uh, for those that didn't watch it yet, uh, Tim from Oracle's Elixir and I launched a new show called Run It Down. It's like a very short, uh, digestible stats-based thing. We did a first episode was on Bjergsen and Jensen and looking at some of the stats there. Uh, the next one we, we want to do is on Spica. Um, G2 has a show called G2 Runs It Down. Now, I think the, it's a podcast, and I think these things are very different, but I have been pressured by the community and by a single tweet from G2 to change the name. However, uh, what, did G, what did G2 uh, actually say? Was it uh -oh. a meme tweet? It was a meme tweet. They did the whole like, this you made this? No, I made this type of thing. Oh, the so, Ollie thing, yeah. yeah. So then today, 100 Thieves announced a show called Run It Up. Oh my God. So where's our creativity? So so here's my here's my thing. I love it. Here's my thing. If 100 Thieves is allowed to do a show called Run It Up. Why can't I do a show called Run It Over? Which I feel like is what... <laughs> so then I could... Because we... I had... If you think or about the order of operations, I had run it something before 100 Thieves had run it up. So I feel like I am justified in, in switching. And so if 100 Thieves I, is allowed to keep Run It Up, I feel like I should be allowed to use Run It Over. I think, like, I think run it run it by works as well, like run the numbers by me kind of thing, you know. Run, run it. You're just gonna have some confused like ass viewers. You're gonna have European viewers now, even more European viewers flaming you because they're trying to watch G2 content and they see Travis's head. I don't think just... YouTube is gonna recommend run it down instead of the G2 content. Anything I mean, League of Legends related. But, but what if I just use run it over? Somebody it said, sounds okay. like you're roadkill. It doesn't. What sound about good. buy the stats, buy the books, something? Just something. I mean, I'm trying to like, make it not, like the thing I really like about run it down is like it. You're running it down. You're running down like the the numbers or the analysis or whatever. I felt like that worked well with the like league term, um, but now I can't do that. And so I think you can. I don't. I don't think it matters. Intentionally feeding stats to Travis Gafford. There we go. That's your new. That's your new uh, title. 
Maybe uh, Run the Numbers okay. works, though. I have it's, to make sure that there's not like a fucking ESPN show or something called Run the Numbers. It's funny. It's funny you ref- we're talking this topic, though, and we just came from the speaker one because there was the whole like uh, controversy around who gets credit for Jungle Shen as well. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't know if you caught some My of that. My tweet popped off uh, with I, that. I was, I, everyone quote retweeted yours. Yeah, I, quote, I was really happy yours. with that. Um, uh, oh, I, you can explain it to Raz or whoever's listening. I mean, Raz. Line you... League. Oh, go on. Go on. Do, do you know what we're talking about, though? With Absolutely the... not. It's actually pretty funny. It's it's like not a not actually a big deal. It was basically like everyone was like, "Hey, speaker with the jungle shen," kind of crediting him for for busting it out. Oh, like, and then there was like a bit of a controversy around, you know, should he be getting credit for it? Because in the Polish league, I think it was. Yeah, that was in my that was in finals. my notification. Oh wait, yeah, you were there. I saw I you in my, my notifications. My, yeah, 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 yeah. You were in there. <laughs> um. Yeah, so like that was that was like basically like should speaker be getting credit or not was was the topic and it just like it was one just so funny because even if you don't think speaker should be getting credit for it immediately afterwards there's an interview <laughs> where Perks and Yankos are like speaker showed us this <laughs> TSM showed us this even if they shouldn't have gotten the credit it was still funny just to immediately have them get credit uh, yeah, for it yeah and I think the intent the initial intent from some of these some people is really good. good which yeah. is like we just want to give like visibility to a, an up-and-coming player that had a really good idea and like you never you don't even know where he got it from so like then the issue is like well where did he get that idea you know it's it's like a never-ending chain but the intent right. is there and i think that's fine but like at the end of the day it's like speaker should get credit for you know whatever G two ended up seeing and also picking up the pick and if he says he got it from Zanzara that's completely different and everyone's like great fantastic like let's continue to give praise to Zanzara but yeah, people I, are just getting wild for this just enjoy the game goddammit. it <laughs> it's yeah like, it's like you can hype the other guy without trying to drag Speak down which I think is where I land on it like be like hey good job Speak but don't forget your boy this guy did it this time or like I don't know it's otherwise no, only it's just like, only there can only be one Highlander um the that's, yeah. Oh, it, so go ahead. So where this was going was eventually, you know, I was like, I don't care. You know, like people come up with different ideas separately. People, you know, like you don't know that Zanzara inspired Spica. So like you don't know that they, people discover and constantly are experimenting. Yeah. And even then, if you want to start doing this, like Raz said, you get into this insane chain of like, well, where did it start? Because a lot of stuff is picked up by solo queue. Are you supposed to hype the solo queue heroes? You know, like, and like another thing, too, is that like. On its own, Shen in my own team was even being talked. Like my own jungler would always, it'd be a running joke about talking about Shen jungle. Kobe was on the dive talking about Shen jungle. He was hyping it up as soon as the the E change procked on on monsters. Yeah. So like Shen jungle is not a wild thing. It's not as if like you only can get this information from one human being on the planet. So like getting that extra info, like if there was an interview, that would be just shove it in front of Speaker's face and be like, where'd you get this from? I got it from Zanzara. It's like, okay, great. Thank, thank the Lord. But just leave it as it is. <laughs> just, yeah. Anyways, the, the the place I was going to transition this to though was that someone replied to me. He's like, "Sure, I'm going to take the you know, a hotline league. I'm going to call it cold line league, and I'm going to rip off your idea or something, basically. And you won't get to complain then." And I was like, "Go for it. We we fucking ripped off radio. We like this is just a radio show." I like, just want to say, if anyone does do that, they will receive an immediate. Uh, season to no, from my lawyer. I dare you to rip it off. It doesn't matter. Everything's about execution. So, like, go for it. When you, you say know, that, but ESPN a... took a lot of flack for their awfully thing. I mean, that's because they're a multi-billion-dollar co- like corporation doing it, and that's more also the presentation. 
if you just do a call-in show, like, how am I going to complain? It's a call-in show. I didn't fucking come up. We didn't come up with this, Travis. This is not a novel idea. I mean, we uh, we we did it on Discord for the first time. Anyway. No, we did. We got it from other people who were talking to their fans on Twitch. I got so, it from Lily Pichu. My final thing here is. Wait, I it's think all I coming got it from out. Lily Pichu. Maybe um, you got one of us got it from Lily. It's all coming out. Uh, Exposed. Look. One, I think it's great because I was watching that interview with Perks and the moment he said, we got this from TSM, I was like, how quickly can I clip this and put this on Twitter because this will be my best media tweet of the month. Secondly, um, okay, I know this is the longest we've gone without taking color, but the Sorry. one thing I was thinking about yesterday that I want to propose to both of you guys or ask you guys this. Would you rather be the team that barely doesn't make it to Worlds or the first... I'm saying no to this. Or the, first, or the first team to not make it out of plans from North America. I would rather be the first team to get knocked out from North America. You say it happens in plans? Yeah, I'm saying yeah, first team to ever, first North American team to ever make it, to not make it out of plans. Oh, then I would rather not go. <laughs> yeah, yes. That's what I was thinking. I think it's an interesting question, right? Because, like, theoretically, Making it to planes should feel better than not making worlds, but I think it's really bad for your like. I think you are actually better history. off. Everyone's saying not to go, but like that's not assured. Like you don't know that going into it. If I if I'm coming in with the yeah, hope yeah. and then I get, and then I get my ass knocked out, then no, goddamn, we're just. I'm bad. saying what like, is better? What is better? Like if you if you crystal ball, Travis shows up and he tells you this for sure awful. if you if you win this best of five against. TSM, Golden Guardians will make worlds, but you will then lose in play-ins for the first time in history. Tris Crystal Ball Travis is never wrong. Or, or where Crystal do you feel? Crystal Ball Travis is like, okay, here's the issue with this I question. Like, if, you're if you're telling me 100% prior to going that I know that we're just going to fail in play-ins, then okay, I'm staying here. I'm not going through the entire work process. But like the entire idea of us going international is that like you don't know how well you're going. Yeah, I guess. Well, before. here's here's yeah, another and, way to phrase it. Let me, hang on, let me phrase it this way. It's the end of the year. It's December. Would you feel worse having made it to Worlds but failed to get out of plans for the first time as an NA team? Or would you feel worse having not made it to Worlds? I'd feel worse not making it to Worlds because, like, at least by the end of the feeling of getting shit on by, you know, uh, playing teams, is like, at, we, we did it. We fucking made it. Like, it's amazing. Unless if you're a part of, like, a huge organization like TL or TSM or something, and it's just... The yeah. expectation is never ending. I think. Um, I think. For I, instance, I think C nine or Golden Guardians is in a better place than TL. If TL, for instance, didn't make it out of plans this year, and I just, I was just thinking about this the other day. I thought it was really interesting. I, I think it's one of those things where it's better to have gone and failed because you get all this experience and and, and this kind of stuff. That's that is actually more important in the long run. Yeah. But goddamn, it feels way worse. Yeah. I think to to have to put all that extra time and work in the quarantine, all this bullshit, fly across the world get knocked out and then be fucking embarrassed you lost too because you said it was the first time it's ever happened. Right. Heath McBrief responding in the Twitch chat by posting the toucan has arrived. Uh, ask you. I think that says it all. That's everything you need. Let's to get know. into calls. Uh, all right. I have some people. Mark, already. you've never explained how this show works before. Would you like to explain how it works? No, we, we're already low on time. So I'm just going to grab the first person. Okay. Wait, I can't tweet identical messages for 30 seconds. That's crazy. You have to allow spam in your chat no, you <laughs> i don't, don't i don't he was able to do it, i guess because he's a mod and you're not yeah. a mod what happened to my mod ship you bring know, it back you know what happened 
Oh my goodness. Look, I can talk shit, all right? Please. <laughs> Imagine still being mod for like months on end after just shit talking you endlessly every episode of Hotline League. Incredible. How did you let this happen, Travis? Wait, you're are you still a mod? No, I'm not. Okay. But like it, I was a mod for a long time. Timeless right. hero, thank you for the four months. Fish tall bagel pizza. Uh, Chief Zanda something Bob sixty nine great name OG Kush, uh Pu Putasso, Straight <laughs> Puggin, Red Rain Final Fantasy fourteen gifted a sub Aldor, and Onrak Onrak Onrak, Gengar Ifith, Gengar Ifith, yeah that's that's it, Gengar Ifith okay, where are you calling from? Is this a combination of Gengar and Griffith? From it Berserk? is. It is. Wow. Oh! That's a weird mashup, but I like it. That's an awful My, character, and you should feel bad about that. I am proud of this username. Yeah, well, for, you should be more proud of being a sub. Thank you for being a sub. What do you want, or wait, where are you calling from? Uh, I'm calling from Lexington, Kentucky. Oh, wait, wait, have you called in before? I haven't. Someone from okay. Louisville called recently, I think. I thought we had another Lexington. Anyway, sorry. What do you want to talk about on the show tonight? Uh, my take is that Teal getting put in the playing stage is the best outcome for NA. If we hope to have three teams in groups, uh, Teal's consistency and level-headed play is what a team will need, uh, for the stress that's playing, uh, especially now that Madden and LGD, uh, the four seeds from LAC and LPL are down there. Interesting. This, we had a similar take last, last week. Was it, Mark, do you remember if it was TSM needs to make it? No, I think it was it's best for TL if they get knocked down to plan by TSM, which is what happened, right? I think it was something along those lines, but he's also saying that it's actually good for North America. Right, like TL is the best chance to survive plan. Right. Right? Yeah. Um, I don't know, Raz, you want to grab this one first or should I? Uh, You go first because I'm going to look into what this uh, plans would look like. Yeah, I'm looking back in, at planes too, real quick, just to make sure I don't say something that betrays the fact that I'm a fucking idiot. Just so people know, planes has changed pretty drastically since the Vietnamese teams cannot go. Uh, they're like just two large groups right now. Four teams still end up going to the main event. But I, I'll take it quickly and just say that I do like the take. I think um, T, TL, it's really hard to get a gauge of like TL's consistency because like that's what really got them to the playoffs. They were first seed because they were like the most consistent team in North America. Uh, they always had like a way that they wanted to play the game. They did mention that they wanted to play a much more faster pace. I think that's fair. Um, but like they were a team that you you go into them and you know exactly what you're going to get. Like, and even their playoffs run was very comical too, in the sense that like they're just picking, they're first picking Mordekaiser or whatever, like anything that's like safe top lane pick for them to reliably play to bot lane. And you don't need to do that. I actually still think that's a bad drafting method. But like, like it it showcases literally how they want to play the game. Um, and like Core JJ and Jensen and like Broxet, like these are players who are and like, literally everyone except for their AD is ex- is incredibly experienced. So I do not think that they will get dropped out of plans. Okay, so play in format since the update: five teams, two groups, or I guess ten teams, two groups of five. After the the uh, single round robin of best of ones. The top team from each group auto qualifies into the main event. Um, the third through and fourth place from each group play in the 
first round of a knockout tournament and the second seed is waiting for them in effectively, you know, like the winner's spot. Okay. Um, so, and then I think it's a best of five. Let me make sure it's not best of three. Yeah, it's best of five. So the, the top the two teams from each group get out? Or sorry, the, the, the first place team from the group stage gets out and then the team that survives There's the bracket stage. one more team from that group. Yeah. Okay. So four out of these 10 teams will advance. How you advance is dependent on all that stuff. Okay. Uh, so anyways, to the caller's point, I think that it's, and, and to both topics, the one from last week and this week, I agree with both. I think it's great for TL to have some time and get forced to grow um, because I'm still concerned about some of these red side having counter picks. Even if you want to play a tank, like have a specific hard counter tank counter pick to, to these things. Uh, so you're not just Orn Shen every fucking game, um, you know. And then at the same time, I think they're super stable. They're super solid. They're really good. I don't want to like shit on TL by saying that. I think like what they do well, they do really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it'll be hard for playing teams from minor regions and stuff to exploit TL in any extreme way, uh, which makes them hopefully a good team to get through plans. Um, whereas maybe TSM would be a little bit more volatile, even though I don't think that's really true. I can at least see that argument. And I do think that the, the idea that TL is this kind of brick wall, they're all insanely talented and it's hard to exploit them does make them a pretty good play in quote unquote team. Well, we'll have to see how things go. Uh, Gengar, what do you think of the sort of takes from Raz and Mark here? So I feel like uh, my only argument with the TSM thing, I mean, it's not an argument. I, I love TSM, uh, but they even, even um, Doublelift was saying those are the most stressful series he was playing, you know, to, to try to get to Worlds. And I think that this particular play-in is uh, incredibly hard. I mean, not just because of the, um, you know, LPL fourth seeds and the LEC four seeds being in the play-ins, but also because I do think that... Uh, a lot of the other regions are just getting stronger. Um, we saw J team beat FPX in the group stage last year. And yeah, it was just one game, but it's still showing that some of these teams that us viewers, like Raz says, we don't really watch these as much. Uh, and he's right. Some of these teams that we don't see as much are getting better each year, I think. And so I just think that uh, having a team like Team Liquid, uh, who has been consistent and knows what their play style is best at is going to be the best chance for us to have all three teams in the group stage. I want to definitely put in more time and just kind of seeing these other teams, right? Cause I haven't seen the uh, Brazilian finals or even just like some of the games from this team. Um, the one that I'm definitely looking forward to seeing more of is definitely Turkey just because there's a lot of hype coming in and I've seen how good Zeitnot, Snowflower, like Cacao, like, this team already looks really strong. Um, and then, of course, the PCS. PCS, like, some of these regions got weaker just because the infrastructure kind of weakened as a whole. Like, o- Oceania, for sure, as a region, got weaker because, you know, not only was their talent moving elsewhere, to North America, I guess, more specifically. Oh, yeah, and Destiny did move to, um, to EU as well. Um, but, yeah, like, money in general is kind of, like... <laughs> is definitely not there in comparison to last year. And the same, I would imagine, is the same for PCS because they had to combine with uh, Southeast Asia. So like, I want to see if that means competition is worse because they had to play, if I remember correctly, completely through online, which I guess was an international standard. But like the idea was that everyone else internationally would be playing in studio and PCS would just be um, 
not in studio. This is all like before the season began. So I want to look back and see how that actually like how that turned into like worse play or better play. Um, so like that's my concern for a lot of these regions. But I the the original take being that Team Liquid would be able to do well um, in plans or even like better than the other teams necessarily because like they're a more stable uh, squad. I would agree. Uh, I still think that um, it would definitely benefit Team Liquid benefit Team Liquid more because they need to kind of figure out more like how they want to play the game, like drafting methods, and also just kind of work out the world's meta like everybody else, um, since they have the most to kind of work on. Um, and yeah, like they're just by the, they're a team that plays by the books, and a lot of these regions kind of suffer for that. They want to create more chaos um, and like scrap it up a little bit more. That's a lot of where the you know regional issues differences are. So like yeah, they should they should probably be best uh, equipped. Yeah, yeah, they're fifteen and three in the regular season and best of ones. They're they're a good team. Uh, the one thing I'll say though is that it is not that hard to end up in a sketch situation because like let's say you know Mad Lions and LGD should be in different groups. TL oh, will be no. in one of those. You lose one of those games, let's say, because you could just easily be worse than both of them. Then you get upset once by one of these other teams, like. INTZ or Unicorns of Love, you finish it two and two. This other Unicorns of Love team, let's say, obviously loses to LGD or Mad Lions, but they're going to sit three and one because they have the win over you. They get put into that kind of like uh, advanced seed or, or winners, whatever you want to call it, the, the qualification round. That is true. And, and you have to play two best of fives now instead of just one. So, like, a single best of one upset is a bit of a fucking nightmare if TL is going to drop. A game if if they are worse than LGD and Mad Lions. That is true. Like uh, whenever it comes to like huge best of one groups, this actually happened in MSI when I say 2018 and like earlier than that as well because like that was a staple for IWC like wild wild card qualifiers ideas is that like if you just lose one best of one you're like geez like the rest of this group <laughs> is going to be hard as hell. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a problem. So like you have to be on your game every game. Well, I'm excited. I mean, I do like that people are coming up with like uh, positive spins on the where our, our team is headed to plans. We'll have to see how this goes uh, situation. But Gengar, is there anything you want to shout out before we move on to the next caller? Uh, I'll shout out uh, two groups. Uh, my wife for putting up with me for being up past midnight now. Uh, and uh, she'll see this tomorrow when we watch it. And then um, my high school esports team, I coach esports for high school and we've been undefeated for a year and a half now and are looking forward to starting our next season in a couple months, COVID pending. Let's go. There we go. Well, either way, thanks so much for the call and uh, we'll catch you next time. Thanks. Trying to sneak one more in there, or uh, yeah, yeah, I think we can do one more. That was a good ass caller. Yeah, that was a good one. All right, uh, so a couple shout outs to some of the subs Rico Suave, thank you for the 28 months, Ray Son of Gotham, thank you for the seven months, Zurathon, thank you for the six, I love you, chat, thank you for the 33, so many things, 29, Impossible Katana, 13, Spencer Neutron, and Backlog Bandit. Human Boy is here, Human Boy, where are you calling from? Rochester, Minnesota. Okay. And are, do you play Warhammer? Uh, yeah, Skaven are the best. You're wrong. Okay. Well, <laughs> anyway. There you go. Uh, what, what do you... I, I just noticed from your Discord name and also your profile picture. Um, what, what do you want to talk about on the show tonight? 
Uh, I think NA will do fine at Worlds, and people need to calm down with all the shit talking. Okay. Uh, do you want to elaborate? So, I've watched every game in LEC for the past four years, and they got some, they got some issues. There's a lot of really suspect tower dives, some pretty bad macro. And then I've watched a decent amount of LPL and LCK. And like, as I think Raz was saying at the start of the show, the top LPL team is really, really, really good. But under that, it just kind of goes to a bit of a shit show. Like I've seen some pretty questionable 5v5s level one, and then people teleporting back into those five, uh, those fights, and you have 12 kills before the laning phase starts. So... I don't know. When I just hear people talking constantly about how NA is going to fail, and I watch all the other games, I'm like, actually, I think, I think these are pretty, pretty equal. What What do you think? By we're going to do okay, like where would you define our potential as being? What? Uh, say one more time. Is like, what's the take again? Like the specific take, take? is NA is going to do fine at Worlds. I'd say okay. people are going we, over overboard with the negativity. Yeah, because people say we're not going to make it out of groups at all or like NA, Keck, W. I wouldn't be surprised if we got two teams into quarters. NA, Keck, W, I love being an actual, uh, you know, like prediction. What, what, how do you think NA is going to do at Worlds this year? Keck, W. Um, Raz, you made a face when he said two teams out of groups. Uh, it's a game of competition. So when I look at the competition, uh, two teams, I mean, it's always dependent on your groups, but it's it's a it's a hard one for any of the Korean teams right now that I look at. I think it's it's kind of I would never put NA over them or NNA team uh, for any of the LPL teams. Even though I said my piece on LGD, that uh, that was me saying that in response to people overblowing all the LPL teams because LPL is a championship region. And I just said like in comparison to last year that they got worse to themselves, but I never really compared them to like an international team per se. So I think it would be more competitive. Like let's just say with like FlyQuest or TSM, but I would just say like right from the get go, I would probably still. It's hard to say that one. I would want to watch more footage, but the NA would do okay at Worlds. Yeah, one team I think would get could get out of groups. Like I don't think it's. I think having the hope is for sure there. Um, two teams I would have to like figure out which group that FlyQuest or TL would be in though. Yeah, I feel like that particular prediction is probably pretty group dependent because the draw can matter a lot if you uh you know depending on who you're, who you're getting so i wouldn't say two without seeing group draw which is on the 15th but oh did we know where when it was had they announced it yeah it's uh the 15th okay in Good. the dead dead of night i'm pretty sure because it's china time um i um, i would say that, that with the okay at worlds I don't think we'll see another zero six. I don't think we'll have uh, a clutch performance. Yeah, I mean, because that's the thing too. If I'm being honest, like obviously the goal is getting out of groups or not. Uh, but for raw enjoyment and how much I want to die as an NA fan, uh, you know, hope and watching my teams win and like even middle of the week excitement is something I still value. Yeah. Uh, so like I think that often gets lost in in the retrospective. But Is in the, the moment, journey going, not the destination. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> uh, but it's true. Like waking up and seeing the Reddit threads and having this upset over a Chinese team by FlyQuest or TL or whoever it is, you know, like that goes a long way to, you know, excitement.
for the event and not just, okay, they lost again to SKT and then they lose to this team and then they lose to this team. You know, like I, I do think, um, I do appreciate that point caller that it's, you know, we're not going to go zero six, even if, even if we only get one team out of groups, you know, if they go two and four, I feel way better. One thing I, I like quite a bit is I think the three teams going to Worlds for North America, like you have faith in, where last split, or like consistently, a lot of the times your, your third seed from NA would not look very, like they would just not look good. Like your third seed, a lot of the times you would be like, well, let's pray if they get a, a win or two, right? Like yeah. if they got, if they got a, a wildcard team within their group, then you're like, damn straight. We got, let's see who else is in our, <laughs> we got that. At least it's going to be competitive with this wildcard team. Who else do we got in here? Um, but no, I think like TL being like, that just means our depth of teams right now is better uh, as a region, which is great. I think it's, it's a real big positive. Well, I, I, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I think. Oh, there's the sigh. Yeah. <sighs> it's cause I'm trying to collect how, how to, to say this because like I, one of the big issues is people say NA will flop at worlds. And then there's not, you know, people love to just harp on that without, or, oh God, we suck. We're going to suck at Worlds without really elaborating on what that means. Like, does it mean both our teams end up in last place in their group and the other one doesn't make it out of plans? Or like, does it mean, you know, none of them make it out of groups, but it's close to, it's just like really difficult. Um, but what I do think is like, I am not on board with all the just haha and will fail dramatically type thing i think your point caller about like clutch we don't have a team that just like barely made it to worlds this year and like if they do anything it'll be interesting right whereas i feel like clutch that was kind of like people did not have particularly high expectations for clutch last tsm year. is clutch from last year if they actually went on to then win the championship because yes. it was a similar kind of crazy string of best of fives they had to win but you know the other two teams that are going to worlds with them were already there, you know, flat, clutch didn't beat them. So I think if people want to make that comparison, because I think it's pretty natural, TSM did prove a lot more in their, their gauntlet run, so yeah. to speak. And I don't think anyone's looking at TL right now and is like, oh man, they could just barely make it out of plans and then go 0-6. So in that sense, like, I am more optimistic about our chances than I was last year. Um, I don't think, like, and then we're going to win Worlds, but... I, I do feel like, you know, similar to what the year before last, uh, 2018, if you told me like some cool upsets happen and we, we go further than people expected, I, I could totally. You know what that. I want, Travis? You know what I want? I know I may be asking for maybe too little because people want results and success and all that. I just want banger games, competitive games with teams. Let's just say if we have like a TSM yeah. versus Rogue or, or versus G2. That I'm not going into that game saying, "Well, that's a that's a twenty kill to z like time to, to watch how we lose." Yeah, like get slammed. I don't think that's going to be the case at all. I think it's going to be competitive games. Uh, and, uh, the only question I would say is, obviously, you throw in like uh, a <laughs> a Korean team, <laughs> or or even like the the, the top two Ch uh, Chinese teams, and it would be an issue. But I think in general, I think we're not going to get blowouts um with our north american teams if it happens then you know what it's doomed we're back at step one and we're gonna have to wait an entire year to uh unbesmirch the name of na but i think that i think uh, people should be coming in a lot more hopeful yeah 
That name's smirched already, too. Either way, Human Boy, thank you for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we uh, take a quick break? Uh, I'd like to say hi to my brother in Atlanta and to the Total War streamer, Turin. You guys have a good night. What? There we no go. Fen Wait, no Fenron Jenkins shout out? Uh, no, nah, Turin's, Turin's my boy. <sighs> All right, thanks for the call. Thank you. All right. Uh, we're getting we're gonna some take... amazing people at this time. What? We're getting some amazing people at this time. Let's keep going with these callers. Well, well, too bad. Guess what? We're going to keep going with these callers right after this break to talk about Alienware. Shout out to Alienware, our sponsor, doing so many cool things with us. I don't know if you guys noticed, but there were some new, very cool graphics cards that were announced very recently. And I'm very excited to find uh, those new, and to, to start using those new uh, graphics cards in my machine. I don't know what, oh, you're looking for the cat. Mark's Where's gonna the cat? give you some Oh, cat camera while we're doing this. Hey, get, get back here, Mark. We're trying to do a... It looks whatever. like the cat fell from the counter and just didn't get up. Yikes. Well, listen. Grin. We got to get back on track here because they pay us to do the show. Alienware, Alienware is going to have some really cool stuff coming in soon. I actually don't know how much I'm allowed to talk about it. It's not like there's any kind of secret thing. I just haven't been, I haven't received official guidance from them on the messaging, but I am very excited for the, uh, the new RTX cards, the 3000 series that are going to be popping into Alienware computers very soon. If you're interested in getting those, if you're looking at that NVIDIA presentation, you're wondering, wait, how, what do I, maybe I, it's time for me to upgrade. Alienware.com slash Travis. Use Travis 10 off Q3 whenever those pop up on the site. You can go check out Alienware.com slash Travis, as I said, to take a look at their hardware and perhaps whet your appetite. Uh, or maybe maybe you're just in the shop that you're like, I don't need that. And go look at what they've got right now, which are also amazing computers, including ones that we use every day here to create the content, including this stream that we're doing. So be sure to check out uh, the new NVIDIA stuff within Alienware Computers getting very soon. And again, thank you so much to Alienware for their support of this show. Thank you, Alienware. Thank you. Mark, you want to grab the next caller? After I fix my camera. I am very excited. I did watch the presentation, guys. I hope you guys are are excited about the 3000 series RTX stuff because it's it's pretty hype, honestly. Uh, especially uh, there's a ton of there's a bunch of other cool tech that they're doing in it too it's not just the cards themselves pretty neat uh spencer neutron thank you for 30 months impossible katana so many things i love you chat zerthon i think i've said most of these but i, I always want to double check it backlog bandit kaluak salazar jason nelson 24 psionic goat rabbit hfx Red Rain gifted another sub, PC Stay Safe, and XProGX. Thank you, everyone who's subbing. It is very much appreciated. I think I had a new way that I was going to sell it for subs recently. I'm trying to remember what it was. I don't recall exactly. Mark is now out of focus on his camera. He's going to have to fix that whenever he gets back. What a failure. I have been hearing... I'm really paranoid that the VOD of this is just going to have piano music in the background because I've been hearing piano music since we started the show. And I don't think there's anything on my computer that is open that is playing piano music. Uh -oh. But I like, and nobody in Twitch chat has said anything. So 
I'm not too worried I about think, it. I just don't know where I that's think coming the from. Music would be a nice addition to the, you know. Why'd you get quiet, Raz? Oh, did I? Yeah, there you go. You're better. Uh, like, I'm, just, I'm just, I'm just slouching too much. That's yeah, possible, actually. Uh, I know, guys. Mark is is not muted. He is just in the other channel grabbing the next caller. Here we go. Barbinator24, welcome to the show. Barb, you've been on the show before, right? Uh, the last two weeks, yeah. Oh my gosh. Mark must really like your takes. Where are you calling from? Uh, Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. That's right. Okay. Because I think I tried to say Oconomowoc. And you actually did it. pronounce it correct the first time. Okay. Did Which I pronounce it correctly the second time? Yes. Yes, you did. Okay. I still got it. What, are, what do you want to talk about on the show? Well, you know, I'm going to talk about TSM because they're the best team in A. Oh, boy. So uh, I believe that, uh, well, Bjergsen definitely did deserve the player of the series. I think that it also could have gone to Biofrost or Broken Blade very easily, if not more towards Biofrost. He was playing out of his mind. I feel like everybody was hyping up Spika so much over the course of that series. I'm surprised that you don't have him on that list as well, or maybe I, any, of them but, any of them, but double lift could have won it, even double lift too. But I, I thought Bile <laughs> Frost was okay. playing the best. I'm gonna be honest, this, you're, you're this is like every now and then I order something on Postmates, like a beverage or something like that, and the Postmate has to go deliver stuff to other people. And then what I get after is it's pretty lukewarm and a little mushy, and maybe the drink, the ice has watered, melted, and watered it all down. I feel like that's where we are with this. This take, but uh, you're where okay. If you had to rank them, to summarize, Biofrost probably should have won player of the series. I think he was playing the best League of Legends he's played in a while. Uh, yeah, and then there's this ties into a, the, the larger controversy. I don't know if people saw some of the tweets and stuff after the initial TL series, but Bjergsen got MVP for that one or the player of the series for that one as well. And uh, a couple people said. I think Doublelift was the one. I mean, they were talking about a couple people again. Uh, I think it was Doublelift and Spica were the two who got Broken Blade, or was it Broken Blade and Spica? Uh, Spica? I thought, I thought I saw Bjerg reply to Dom, and Dom said Doublelift or something, and then Bjerg was like, "Yeah, he should." Go. I don't know. Whatever. There was there was a lot uh, of people talking about e e each way for both series, so I uh, figured it was an appropriate call to take. Well. Uh, how so? You're saying Biofrost more than anybody else, other than maybe Bjergsen. Or is is the callers? Yeah, I I think Biofrost. I mean, he was just all over the map, roaming. Uh, wasn't getting caught out very much. Uh, probably had the best assist. Uh, in a long time. I mean, he being over the over the wall and blast coning solo back into the group. Oh, that was, was sick. I mean, he, he, I think he had the highest kill participation out of anyone mm. in the three wins, but I, I could be wrong there. I just Re think he was playing some really good League of Legends. Raz, what do you think of this? He played really well. I think this goes back to a core discussion about like if someone played significantly better than they played previously, then people usually rate that higher than somebody who's just like always playing at an insane level right so that just becomes the norm mm -hmm. um so for me i would have leaned towards bjergsen and spika i thought i only was it the did he have the olaf game actually in this series 
the Olaf game it was must have, was, sure it was in the full that, the Olaf games were the series game two and game three. Yeah. Oh wait, no, no, I'm no, wrong. Was that the, was, was in the last. That series. was the that was the TL one. It was right. TL one. I just thought that he played really well throughout the series on his set. I thought he was getting crucial steals. Um, his team fights were always really fucking good. Um, I just genuinely thought that Spika was playing fantastically, but also, I mean, Bjergsen was still a pretty core point of the team as well. I would have to look back at the series, of course, to get a larger idea of it. But uh-huh. I, I wasn't against the Bjergsen pick. I would, I would kind of, if I were to get a second pick, for sure it would be Spika. Uh, I know Broken Blade had a lasting impression with Camille as well, but I, I think um, Spika had a huge impact in that game. Series, that is. Yeah, it's it's a really weird one to talk about. Um, well, it's also weird to talk about because I don't want to go around telling, like, the the voting is done by analysts and casters, and people, you know, kind of cast their votes anonymously. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you just see who ends up getting it. Uh, so, like, I I can say who I voted for in both series. And the first one against TL, I voted Bjergsen. And I for Spika, it came down to those two all-off games, like you said. Um, and it's it's weird to wait all this stuff because there's also draft, which people don't talk about enough, I think, in terms of, like, what you're getting uh, out of you're a You're talking player. about the TL series, right? I'm talking about the yeah. TL one at first. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But in, in general, when I'm looking at what I'm, what I'm going for, it's like, okay, how important were they in their wins? How important? Like for for winning them that game, how much of a cause for their losses were they when they lost? Mm-hmm. And then what's their like overall impact in the series, including um, you know what the team is asking them to do in in draft? If you're always blind picking your thing, like Bjergsen's always doing, like that does seem really important to me. Um, which I think goes is is some of the, the reasons that Bjergsen has this intangible part of him that you're never going to see in the game. It's the fact that he has the lowest counter pick rate in the world for mid laners. Aside for I think one person who might have played like five games or something, like mm-hmm. that's insane. Uh, so like it's it's something that's always hard to quantify. The first series, like you said, I actually had Spika as my number two. His Nidalee was fucking nuts in game one. He was playing it so aggro, like sneaking in autos all the time. And then game four and game five were both also great by Spika on the Shen, obviously. Yeah. Um, people were talking about double lift. I thought he was good. I I don't want to say that he wasn't, but especially like the Senna game, he got basically a quadra kill at like eight minutes i think it was uh he got two separate double kills at like a drake fight or something and it was mostly just like right clicking and i was like eh, I, don't, I don't know it's like a, it was like an impressive score line but when i watched him doing stuff it was like good center play but it wasn't like the reason they were winning those games as much as like a speaker level two gank felt impressive to me or even like biofrost play or bjergsen hitting stuff in game one his his singer was fucking nuts in game one the angles he was stunning people solo killing tactical like those kinds of plays are, are like always stick out more in my mind maybe that's that's a bias i have is like who's making the biggest plays versus who's being most consistent maybe um that that was my thoughts on the first series and then the second one i actually put broken blade as, as my vote um mm. for the same reason of like okay their their strategy was like often carry tops and he shit all over Solo every single game. Solo did not play League of Legends in the finals. And that's assisted a large part by Bjergsen. So I understand why a lot of people voted for him. You know, they had globals. They were roaming top. To the caller's point, fucking Biofrost is up there even. Um, but uh, I, I thought um, in those games, uh, Solo, or excuse me, uh, Broken Blade was a huge factor in the wins that they picked up. As bad as his Jace games were, he's willing to play Jace, which will look like dog shit if you go late and the enemy team can just 
have fat boys in front of you, it becomes a lot harder to play. So I don't know. Those those were my thoughts on on the player of the series votes. Like I think their TSM played phenomenally. So you're always going to have good cases for basically everybody. To like your point about Spica and his set play, like was insane. He 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 was outsmiting Santorin the entire series, which is kind of impressive. Like to mm-hmm. to, to even be on that level. Uh, and Santorin the... didn't shit on him. Santorin shit on everyone in playoffs, and then gets to Spica and is nowhere near as effective, which I think is also very impressive. Yeah, and the team fight setups are really strong consistently. Yeah. Like a lot of the time, a set is decided just based off of how he sets up a fight, um, and he was able to do that because set will get outranged. Set needs to be a little bit more creative, or at least have the vision advantage. So when he walks up, he just doesn't get kited all hell. Um, and he was always able to like um, get his shit off, which is really impressive. Or just like extend a game. So even in their losses, I felt like he was playing well. Um, so. That, that that's for me like and also like i know to the caller's point about bot lane biofrost did play like in my opinion is best um for some time I, I i also think that game one was pretty insane when they went up against tl i'm pretty sure because they had double they got double countered in lane in pick mm-hmm. in the like it was like they were Senna and Leona, and they were going up against Ash Rum, and then they double killed. Or at least, like, they got yeah. a they got a kill in the lane when they really shouldn't have. Like, a lot of the draft resources went towards TL's bot lane in, that, in game one. And, um, you know, Biofrost and Double played really well to get to just kind of shut that down. So, but also, uh, in, playoffs, they in, did well. also, in game one, they were facing it was Caitlyn and someone else versus Ash and Karma, and the Caitlyn lane should have hard pushed on them and they didn't. Biofrost and Double it just had them under turf for the first fifteen minutes of the game. Yeah. The, and a lot uh, of that was poked from Biofrost. The yeah. I was just gonna I I don't I don't know if you want to recall to or respond to Barb's uh statement because I've had no. I've had something for you for a little bit. But the pawnbroker in chat said Hey, can you get Mark to answer whether narrative forced them to choose Bjergsen over Doublelift or Spica and the TL or other series? You know, I know you kind of answered what your reasoning on why you chose who you do, but just to clarify, is there ever like narrative-based voting no, on no that one, stuff? No one gives a fuck about narrative uh, behind the scenes for like awards and things like that. Um, I think people want to believe that because they disagree and rather than be like, Hey, this guy had a different opinion me that, and I think he's wrong. It's like, well, he's wrong because he's biased and he's following narrative. And it's, it's more fun to say that than to just be like, Oh, I disagree. Yeah. Um, it's a little sexier to think that there's uh, something wrong with everyone else. Uh, but it's not true. The same way. Like I voted for broken blade in, like I said, in the finals and I wasn't like, Oh my God, are you fucking biased? Other casters. Is that why you went Bjerg? You know? Yeah. Uh, so like, it's it's not anything like that. I think Bjergsen's insane. People know he's insane. He never makes mistakes. Almost. Like also something worth noting. I think I think actually he he made a couple in in the. Uh... No, maybe he didn't. Maybe he's just nuts. Can't remember. No, he was four. He, <laughs> he was got four one zero twice on his ear in the same game. He does make mistakes. He's not. You know, yeah, perfect. but that was the. TL one or was that the yeah final? that was that was against TL yeah right I'm I'm trying to remember and yet you game. still voted for him in that first one yeah <laughs> so uh, clearly you got this guy fucking up and you're voting for him anyway sounds oh, like narrative is forcing you to vote you for him got me one. yeah and this syndrome game one that Boom. picked Jensen on the left side 
the kill on tactical, the multi-man stuns in team fights. Anyway, Barb, anything that uh, you want to say before we move on to the next caller? Sorry, we're we're trying to we st- we yeah. got kind of slow to calls tonight. So, uh, but it does no, seem I as though people are pretty confident in the in the maybe it's not Biofrost even if he played well. So, any, anything you want to say? I uh, shout out to Alienware. Um, they're awesome. They let you do what you do, and uh, it's great content. Yeah, thank you so much uh, for the call, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you. The other thing too is uh, I think uh, just a final note on that is like people people probably get it wrong sometimes too with their votes. Like you know if I rewatch the game like Raz was saying and did a full breakdown, you know maybe maybe you miss things that that you should have taken into account, and you basically have because the thing is we don't know who's going to win the fucking series when it's game five. So you also have to be thinking about who's winning on the other side on the analyst desk and you're planning segments and you're doing all yeah. this other stuff. So it's not like I'm sitting there being like, I know TSM wins. Let me review their five games and prepare who I believe is the best of those players. It's like, well, TL could win at any moment. So you're usually juggling like four or five candidates in your head and you have to give graphics and the broadcast enough time to actually go and build all the assets and, and award the actual thing to the player then to be able to go and grab that interview with the player of the series one. Like, So you're picking this like after game one? No, no, no. You're, you're picking it in game five. I know. <laughs> it's in game five. But sometimes, you know, like the amount of time you have to really lock it in gets gets pretty tight. Yeah. Yeah. I also think um, like fans in general, the kind of, or maybe it, I don't know about the voting, but I think for sure with the fans, like they have a pretty rough idea of how some matchups should go. Um, like a good example is like, I think I remember hearing, I don't know if it was in cat, it was somewhere um, that people just have an expectation that Caitlyn's is just going to have like full lane pressure. Like she's just there to win lane. And has shove and just chip at turret plating, and that's not going to be the case a lot of the times. If you're, if especially if you're going versus Ash, uh, and with counter pick, you're on red side. If you have Ash and counter pick support, like that's just not going to be the case at all. And then you'd have to kind of look at where the jungle's pressuring. If he's actually giving Caitlyn like space in lane, like what's happening into like there's so much that goes on in the game that I think um, actually knowing who's playing well, people really are they get a bad read. Is my take. So uh, yeah, we'd have to look at the series and see which one, which one. But like from what I saw, I thought Spika, Bjergsen were playing really well, and it's nice to see that. I think they were spamming solo queue for a long ass time, so like a lot of that mm-hmm. translates when you have an understanding of how you guys want to play two v twos. Mark, do you want to grab the next caller? Oh yeah, sir. Sorry. Eugene, Eugene, thank you for the three months. Ex Solvark, thank you for the year, and Avera, thank you for the year and a half, eighteen months. Savzi is here. Savzi, where are you calling from? Sarnia, Ontario. Yeah! Team <laughs> Canada! Well, it's also Blue Let's Jay. go, Raz. Yeah. Let's get it. Blue Jay. Wait, is it Blue Jay? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, my I mean, my he's basically goodness. at this point, like, our expert caller. You know, like, like, you might have a news crew and you have that kind of, like, not quite an employee contractor who you go to in the field sometimes. That's basically what Blue Jay is. <laughs> what do you want to talk about? Travis is not impressed. Okay. Anyway, what was this? I'm just, just I'm marking, I'm marking this in the con- the chat. So it's easier. for me. Uh, what, nice. what do you want to talk about? Really sneaky. Okay. Um, my topic is about Broxa. So uh, for those that don't know, 
Um, Travis had an interview with Broxa a couple weeks ago where Broxa said that uh, he thinks that NA fans look for the worst in winning teams. And I don't necessarily think that that is the case. Well, do, to, um, sorry, just to help clarify on the paraphrase. Yeah, he said, he said, it seems like when a team is doing well in NA, fans, and again, this is also paraphrasing, but fans mm -hmm. look for the reason why they will lose at Worlds rather than, or perform poorly at Worlds rather than like why they are good. Right. And I don't necessarily think that that is true um, because, well, for one, I don't think that that was the case with C9. Everyone was so fired up about C9 when they were winning and, well, just crushing everyone. I didn't hear too much negative outside of, well, we still don't know how they'll look when they're not winning all their lanes, which is fair. Um, but I think this weekend, the series that TL played showed the exact reason why fans in North America are hesitant to be you know so accepting of you know we're going to win everything when we go to worlds it's because of a lot of inconsistency and i think in this series uh with tl i think we saw a lot of inconsistency and, and for the record i really hate to say this because i'm a really big brox fan like i think that guy is great and i'm really happy he's an na but i don't think that he was very consistent in the series that he played this weekend he was so good on the hecarim and the trundle and he was so not that great on other things so I think the inconsistency is the main thing that's holding back North American fans from having full confidence that NA will do well at Worlds. So you're saying like specifically Broxa had games where he was good and games where he was bad and that that's that's why some people are nervous. So I wouldn't say it's specifically a Broxa thing. I think that it's it's consistency across the a lot of different things. Even were there I mean were there other players or sorry like any of the like where else are you saying the inconsistency? I'm just curious for the course. So, of the okay. Yeah, no, that, that's fair. Um, so I would say that tactical is really good at team fighting. We saw him absolutely pop off in playoffs, but in lane, I think that that bot lane died in just the last three series, like just died without ganks, I want to say. Um, so that's a little inconsistent from your lane phase over to your team fight phase. And then I think even drafting is a little inconsistent. Um, I, I don't think that picking Orn into Renekton and Nidalee is ever a wise idea when you know TSM wants to play through top, or at least I think you should know TSM wants to play through top. So things like that, I think, are really inconsistent. Um, I think the broader topic as well is just, uh, you know, not being excited necessarily for some some teams in North America, even if they are, you know, what appears to be the best team. Because there's a period of time where TL seemed like the best team. You know, maybe you can debate, oh, we still believe in C9 more. Uh, but people still weren't excited about TL being the best team. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that's where I agree with, with Blue Jay about not being super excited because our, I'm watching our best team, not ex, you know, in TL, let's say they're our best team. They had the lowest number of champ pools. They had a very defined play style. They only did the same certain things. Um, and then they, thankfully, I think, for me at least, got exposed against TSM a little bit. Uh, and that's why I think I, I agree that, like, I can see the flaws that you have, and I can see why I think they're going to get taken advantage of. If I have to wait till Worlds to see that, then that's why I'm not that excited. Maybe I'm just fucking wrong, and th those problems don't crop up. But then to see it here, I think even hammers it home more, like why people weren't excited about TL in a lot of ways. Do you, do you think that... So I can understand why you're saying people maybe weren't excited for TL, but do you also think that Blue Jay's point about inconsistency is an issue? Like, do you think that we saw a lot of inconsistency from these teams this weekend. Cause like maybe the players had better or worse games, but it didn't necessarily like, I wasn't looking and being like, wow, right. TL just really isn't showing up today or in this particular game or something, you know? 
I, I would say they did show up, honestly, just not in every game. And that's that's to me where the inconsistency comes from. I, I I'd like to hear it, Raz. Do you think TL was inconsistent in their series versus TSM? Or even, I mean, to Blue Jays' point, they also got solo killed by FBI and who he... And I don't remember if it happened versus Ignar in, in Turtle. Um, but A yeah. few things. Like, I'll, I'll say, like, the, the overarching point, because I was thinking about it, about around, mm -hmm. like, the negativity of around their teams going into international. Because uh, this happens for a lot of wildcard regions as well. And I, like, and I'm not saying, obviously, I'm not making the direct comparison. I'm just saying that. And it's a wildcard region. Raz said go, it. <laughs> if you go to Worlds and you have a set expectation and then you never reach it, like, you're never going to be consistently positive about, like, the next venture, right? Especially if you have the same um, kind of, you have the same teams, like, same teams, same, same recipe. environment. Exactly. Everything coming back into the same environment, you're like, guys, let's rile us up back together. Let's get excited about it. What about Jensen, Bjergsen, all these player names? And all you need is that one goddamn person in the room to be like, what happened in the last three times we went to internationals and that sours the mood because you know exactly what they're referring to because it's a team game at the end of the day so like on that aspect um i can understand why the negativity exists and why people always compare it to like like the expectations that we have is because it is difficult if you don't have success and i do think that one successful international event from a north american team and i i think um team liquid did well and obviously did really well last time i saw and that was yeah but this is the thing deal. If you but say that, immediately play. people go, oh, they did well? You mean in the fastest ever, best of five ever, that's ever existed in an international event? You know, it's like... But it also got soured by how they, like, you know, the win versus um, IG. But I don't want to get back into that. i just mostly talking about, like, consistency around that. If they go to World Tier and we have damn good games from, like, TSM, TL, or whoever, and we find, let's just say the last caller is talking about it, like, two teams going in, out of groups, or even... I mean, going into like knockout stage or even just really competitive games against like Korean and Chinese teams, then that goes a long way. That goes a really long way for the next discussion for like a next international event. So that's the first point. I think I rambled enough for me to talk, like to forget what the initial take is. Yeah, it was about the, the consistency it's stuff. Like specifically, oh. yeah, TL and, and your impressions of them and if people were too negative on TL and were they inconsistent and stuff. Uh, I don't think they're inconsistent. I think uh, what we saw from TL was when they went up against TSM, they just changed the way they played the game because, like, they were just losing to TSM. Like, they even had to adopt the 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 what is it, the zillion themselves. And when that happens, like, I I looked at that game and I was like, yeah, they don't actually know. I'm not saying about Jensen. I'm like, as a team, as a team, how to play around zillion is difficult. Um. So it felt as though they were making those changes and adjustments to win the series, and you don't have that much time to actually talk about the game. So um, they looked worse as a result. So we, you guys agree that it makes sense that some people are nervous about... I'm just I'm waiting for Mark to finish this conversation. I heard you. You're, you're saying that some people are nervous about... Uh, uh, you stalled out. Travis didn't finish that thought. So you Travis. agree that some people are, it makes sense that some people are nervous about our performance, given what some people can point to in terms of our past history. But it doesn't sound like the consistency of our teams or our players is what's an issue for either of you. I think the things that, so I'm always worried for one. 
because we're North America. So like, I think there's a baseline bit of like, I don't think any team's going to like finish number one in their group. Have we ever finished number one in a group? I actually don't even know if that's ever happened. I don't think that's ever happened. So like, there's of course some baseline worry about the the inherent nature of what's going to happen. That said, some teams I'm less concerned about whether due to play style or talent or, you know, and that's where the variation comes from. Uh, and so for TL, I think they're all fucking great players. I have no worry about their talent, but I'm worried about their, uh, their, their play style, you know? So like, I think those things might be why I'm more negative on TL than TSM, who I'm like, hey, I love their play style. They've got great players. I'm as excited for TSM as I've ever been for a North American team. I still think, you know, there's, there's huge risks of being just a North American team. But on that scale, I think they look great. Yeah. Can I ask you guys oh, yeah, a, a, another question? Just because, uh, I like I like how Raz. Uh, well, honestly, all of you have basically said like in past years, NA has not done so well, and so it's easy to be nervous about going in this year. But I do want to bring up how C9 was absolutely cruising. So can we use them as an example? If C9 was still winning the way they were, would we be as hesitant? Because I don't think I would be. I'd be like, you know what? I actually think NA has a pretty good shot this year if C9 continued to. No, smash and like that's what didn't. I've been saying this whole time is like. I think I said it earlier in the show is I worry that some of the reason why people think NA sucks is because the narrative all year was we have one good team and then that team started losing. So yeah. the natural conclusion then becomes, ah, we have no good teams. Our good team sucks now. So, oh, jot it down, I Travis. Just, everyone, everyone's yeah. owing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Anyways, um, I think the reason for that is because um, you can very clearly hear and see what a lot of these teams like the top three teams are working on and getting better at it's kind of like cramming before the test this, this is always a problem for a team that is not really confident in whatever style of play they're going into worlds with um and whenever you're going to an international event you're judged based off of like what you're best at like what are you going to offer, offer to the table like last year um G, when G, g2 were favorites they had talented players but they were a really smart team like, especially in mid-game. And that's what they really kind of showcased when they went up against SKT, um, some of the LPL teams before the finals. Like, they, they were just... Oh, yeah, and Dom one. That they were just the smarter team. And that they knew how to play out mid-game properly, consistently. And, and this mm -hmm. year, I feel like the Korean teams... Um, I'm just going to say... Genji, DRX, you know, um, obviously Dom one. They're, they're, really, they're really smart in how they want to play out the game. Uh, consistently like if that and also there's from dumb one's perspective really talented players and the chinese teams are you know have really talented players um so uh, unless you go to jd and i just think they're a better team fighting team so like you're coming into an event with something you're already like you already excel at where with c9 if they had come in not really changing their style at all and not trying to scale consistently if they were just coming in with the same style that they had in spring but obviously with a few changes based off the meta, uh, patch notes, mm -hmm. um, then yeah, I, would, I think there's something to be excited about. Because like yeah. that's, they're coming in with a set style of play that's been working really well consistently. And that's that's the thing too, is like, I if, if C9 just dominated spring, dominated summer, came in, the whole narrative about, oh, one good team, it's not just about one good team, it's about like, hey, they look fucking amazing in general. Um, mm -hmm. The same way, when 2016 TSM went into Worlds, they're probably the most hyped North American team ever. I don't think we've ever had any more hype before or after. Um, and I think it was because they were so fucking good. Doublelift and Bjergsen were popping off. Sven Skaren was was crushing. Like 
people thought they were legitimately a world cal like maybe not world's contender you know but like hey they're they got a lot of hype in interviews too with like the other teams right like there's just a lot of hype around that team because everyone's like they should get out of groups they might be able to get best of five wins and and then they flopped and that sucked but like i still think at least the hype you could argue was justified in some some way yeah. uh before the event afterwards obviously <laughs> but i mean like you know if c9 probably would have had that level of hype at least a little bit where oh shit this looks like the most dominant team north america has produced in a long time let's see what they can do um but then they flop so whatever uh and the reason that these teams now don't have the same level of hype is because they weren't that dominant they were not c9 from spring they're good teams i think they're good teams but you don't just get to rebuild the hype some other team had because you beat them at the last fucking weekend, basically. Yeah, that's True. why I think, I mean, we've been kind of going over this in different ways, but I guess maybe a good way to put it is like, I think, like if I was to bet, I don't bet, but if I was to bet, I think NA would be a better bet. I've seen you bet. You because, bet. I mean, in, in Vegas, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but not, not, on league games or whatever people are i travis travis will run the run up a team's hype level to so that he can undercut them when he when he bets against them what i don't bet on this is it's important that people know that you are joking because like i do not gamble on league of legends but um uh, you're his producer yeah Set him uh, up to succeed here. I don't know. Mark, I just, it's important. Mark is maybe right now. I don't want people to think <laughs> this is a thing I actually do because of the way he's saying it and people believe it. Anyway, um, I, okay, here's what I would say. It, I would guess, like, if, if betting markets for league for the LCS looked the way that the community would expect them to, I would think LCS is going to be a good bet for Worlds because. Um, I think the odds are much better than most people are giving. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're great, but it does mean that, like, you know, if if you can uh, bet better than the odds, then you know it's a good example. So, I don't know, Blue Jay. Thank you so much for the call. Anything you want to say before we move on to the next caller? Yeah, just quick shout out. I, I wanted to quickly shout out TSM's management and staff because I think they've gotten shit over the last two years. For bad drafts and all that stuff and i think that their prep was really good in the back half of playoffs and i know it wasn't all the tsm fans so i'm sorry to all the smart tsm fans um and i know what you're thinking tsm smart tsm fans keck w that's an oxymoron and yes it is but i stand by that anyways um i think that they were really well prepared and so i think that they deserve some some uh, recognition for that parth has always made finals oh bring back parts so we can parth some people too that would be great I, I don't love think. That I don't think. I mean, I would like that. I don't think he necessarily wants to go on the show. But I now they're winning, her. so maybe he does. Either way, thanks so much for the call, Blue Jay. All right, see you guys. Can I say one thing about TSM fans? It's not sure. just about TSM fans because it's like I think this is a great finals weekend for finding all those goddamn bag bandwagoners, people jumping off the G Tune bandwagon. Jumping off the Fnatic bandwagon. They're not going to make playoffs. Time to put on my mad or rogue like jersey on. Jumping off the TSM bandwagon. And guess what happened? You're looking kind of dumb right now, aren't you? You kind of, you look at a little bit stupid. And people are going to notice. They're going to notice when you come crawling like, them back. Whereas I feel like the, the TSM bandwagoners can just say, oh, I was a double if bandwagoner all this time. And so they can say like, that's why I'm, 
back to being a TSM fan again. It's because I was just waiting for Double Up to come back. All right. I'm just saying, the people who were initially by that team and stuck with the team when they were losing, I see you. I will also say there's a there's on on the the TSM fan thing. It was really fun during the the TL series. Every single game, I tweeted the same tweet at the end of it about the TSM is really really overhyped by the community, and so it was either always sarcastic or serious. And yeah. like just the the comments and replies would fluctuate wildly depending on the game, and it was it was so funny seeing my mentions, and then I have to check which tweet they were replying to because it's basically the same tweet every time twitter is great i tweeted similar in that in that vein i tweeted that thing where i said uh by the way your chat is uh what you, you, you boomed again you boomed what again. the hell this is this is probably the worst episode in terms of booming so i'm just putting that yeah. yeah for the people that listen to this the youtube versions for some reason we have audio blips sometimes that happen on stream i i don't know some some people will say this happens on twitch all the time Others will on other channels, and then some people say it's only mine, and it's like I don't know how to to troubleshoot it because I don't know what is causing it. And uh, one dude in chat is saying it's definitely Skype, and I ask them for like any evidence of that being an issue. Like I'm just saying that to get you off. Of, yeah, look at these guys. Yeah. Don't trust chat. Don't do it. Anyway, uh, I my apologies to Twitch chat. I honestly like I'm sure that is very frustrating, and I don't know how. I wish I could. I fix it it's difficult when i have like literally no idea of how to start troubleshooting it because it's like what is causing that it seems to happen very randomly um anyway i made similar to your tweet mark i made a tweet which was oh where was it it was uh so cool that since summer 2015 peter's been to the finals of every lcs split he decided to participate in (laughs) very clearly (laughs) referencing the fact that peter (laughs) was not trying last split which I thought was like somewhat clever, right? Because it, it's a double yeah. take. It's pretty good, and uh, it's just great to see the people that reply that are like, "What about last split, huh? Uh, are we just forgetting about last split?" And then the other people that are like, "Cool to hear, but what about worlds? Let's see them get out of groups." And I'm like, "Wow, you guys just don't like use your no brain yeah. when you read this." Mugiwara is here. Is that how you say it? Mugiwara. I didn't even I didn't even get to read it, but oh, I know you're even cooler than I thought. I know this man. Let's Look, go. One piece. We're we're standing one piece right here. We you better understand it. Here. I don't like one piece. You would if it wasn't so long and probably the animation. It's an amazing story. Yeah, I, I think negative. that's true. I also don't love the character designs because they all look a little cart like Yeah, that's what I meant by the design. Okay, okay. Yeah, the animation was also stiff in the beginning. That was rough. I went through about 200 episodes before I was like... Yeah, but it came out in 98. Where are you calling from? Uh, Edinburgh, Texas. Thank God. Okay, let's move on. From East Blue. What do you you want to talk about on the show? Uh, So my take was that C9 announcing that they're keeping their whole roster is a little bit concerning as a C9 fan. Oh! I'm I'm hoping that they have an academy roster that is a contingency plan to player failure do you think that when they say they're keeping their whole roster that that means they're keeping all their coaching staff uh, i don't i just uh, but i'm also still just talking about the the five players the lcs players yeah i'm just and, i'm curious if c9 is floating that by and making people think that they're not making changes when in fact saying and i didn't see the exact wording but i'd be very interested if the wording says we're making no changes or if it means it was the five players okay. specifically i know so yeah, i'm pretty sure 
I think it could yeah. be very, yeah. I'm just curious to see what happens on the coaching staff side. Anyway, um, what, so you say this is concerning. Do you want to elaborate? Just a little. I mean, I love all the C9 players. I mean, obviously they put on a monstrous performance for 75% of the year. So, but I think the problems that were highlighted in the second half of summer and playoffs are these like noticeable, but not easily fixable things that it's concerning if you want to keep having success because especially if the league does just end up getting better, um, it'll be hard for them to get. So I, I have like little footnotes here for licorice. I'm mostly concerned with uh, just his mentality and also where he decides to pick champions. I think it's very strange. Um, like how he'll, I mean, he's amazing at the, he like wants to play him regardless of what his team comp is. And that's, that's, we know a, that that's true. That you also, well, no, I'm just assuming, but like from what yeah, I, I mean, saw, but that's like, gangplank, Vladimir, all that, like no CC stuff. I mean, Medios and Sneaky talked about it a lot. And it's not all licorice, of course. Yeah, I'm just so saying, I'm just like, saying... it's interesting how sometimes we blame a player whenever they end up playing champions that we don't want them to play, but we'll blame right. a coach whenever the draft isn't the way we want the draft to be. And I'm like, right. And I definitely don't blame licorice like wholeheartedly or anything, or maybe it's not even a, the slightest bit his fault. It's just what I get to see as a viewer, you know? Yeah. And since that's all I can go off of, like th those are my concerns. Yeah, you, I think so. Um, Blabber, like when he came into C9 originally, Reaper had that joke about how he's just a brain off player, and it really came back uh, in playoffs in the second half. Like it's so disheartening to see him thinking that they could win those level ones in the Fly series, and uh, like he, I love that he wants to take every fight, and it worked for so long. So I can totally get why, but. He really did stop like analyzing his team comp, their team comp, everything. Or I mean, at least that's what it looks like, I should say. And uh, Niski definitely. There's the issue of his um, control mage impact. Like I know he can play him. I think he plays him really well. And he definitely is surrounded by strong enough players that they don't have to be like superstars. But I mean, he's no Bjergsen. He's no Jensen. He's no power of evil on control mages like Azir or Rihanna. Zven. Um, if they couldn't find success on Caitlyn, it is just concerning. I don't know what it was. You know, it's not his fault or anything. And I'm glad that he had the spring split to show that he's, like, legitimately, like, one of the best dated carries. I'm not, like, too concerned about the bot lane. But those Ezreal games are really scarring uh, as a C9 fan. So uh, I still, like, I would, I have my reservations about everything like that. And, of course, this could all be on Reaper, too. But, I mean, they said in the Dom interview that they weren't finding success with Caitlyn. And that's why they have to keep banning it, and I'm pretty sure yeah. it really hindered them. Yeah, so I mean, I think, you know, I don't think any of your your assessment of the player concerns are off base or anything like that. I think, um, you know, those are all fair things for the most part, you know, uh, on the outside, you know, in terms of that's fan criticism, that's pretty reasonable, you know, so like, I think all these things are, are, are good to point out, but I think there's right. this sort and of that's why my take is not that, like, I trust C9's decision, but I, I'm hoping that they have a contingency plan with Academy, and I'm glad Raz is here, because I'm sure he could speak to the strengths of the current Academy roster. I know, I was watching the finals, and I know he talked uh, a lot, really highly about Palafox, so I'm glad that he's there. I'd, I'd like to maybe see him stay, so he can shadow Niski, and they can both help each other. Um, I'm not too sure about the rest, though. Yeah, I, I'm I'm still in favor of run it back. I think you know, with all those those problems given, I mean, every roster has its problems. Uh, if you if you say everything that's it, 
an issue with TL, everything that's an issue with FlyQuest, everything that's an issue with TSM, you know, you'll always have things to talk about. Um, and I think you saw the peak of this team, and it was insane. And so I think it's it's fine to chase that for one more year. They've only played one year together. I'm, I think if the players are all still on good terms and, you know, this, this team hasn't uh, plateaued on an emotional level, you know, I don't think that they've necessarily plateaued on a skill level either then, as long as they're all still motivated, still hungry, and still get along. So I think running it back is totally fine. Um, the, the contingency plan is always good to have, but I, I am 100% in favor of running this lineup back with, you know, the idea also that you're not just going to make a better roster that, that easily either. You know, it's also about what you can find. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I agree with that. I, I, like, like I said, I'm a C9 fan. I want to see them win. Uh, this year was extremely heartbreaking. Like even in spring, I had to you start coping with the idea that Sneaky might not play again. Thanks, Travis, for making Here's, sure that that doesn't happen. But let let me give you some inspiration, so. C9 fan. The team has already failed once, and it's the same team. The meta will be different, but you got the same five players. Hopefully, this means that they've they found their problem areas. They can address those, and you already see the peak. They might not reach that exact same peak again. But you at least know that they've they've gone through the valley, and that they shouldn't go there again because you can at least say this part is what we were bad at. Let's not do that. Let's fix these things. Yeah, uh, my big point that I would throw in, like there are a few teams that'll face this where they're super like successful within their own region, like stage games and scrims, and you just have a huge issue of confirmation bias. Like I've had the same issue as well. Um, where like scrims are just going really well, you're five owing throughout the week, and I think I can't imagine what C9 would feel like throughout an entire split of five owing, you know, in, in scrims. And so, confirmations bias is really difficult to really face because you 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 know you have concerns and you're kind of working with concepts and you're kind of like conceptually this shouldn't work but it's working, and like kind of going through a lot of scenarios where you you should be failing and that's not the case, and so. Getting a real stern, like sturdy kind of way in which you want to play the game when that when the patches are literally just changing the meta so frequently um, throughout the split, I can understand why they started kind of coming to the same conclusions that they did for whatever. And I don't know, I don't have insight on any of the scrims that they've had. Obviously, going into playoffs with either like FlyQuest or you know whoever, um, and if that was still a consistent thing, but. Ezreal Yumi either looks really fucking OP or it just doesn't look useful at all. Like, that's just the reality. And, like, conceptually, it works really well, but if you're not playing against it and kind of playing counter to it, then you kind of, you don't get the amount of experience of, like, this is what makes it really hard to play the game. Because um, I know SK had that same issue in their own playoffs as well. Um, like, so, like, being able to run that consistently in practice and getting good conclusions out of that is pretty difficult. And they're a team that's winning consistently. So um, when they were running those comps, by the way, just a, a small point, draft is a team kind of thing, and it's also on the coach, coaching staff. So I wouldn't really blame any players or look at the players for just, like, drafting ideas. Obviously, like, they have a huge impact in what they want to play or, like, what they think is good in a comp conceptually. But it's a team kind of kind of building the comp together and the coaching staff, like, making sure that it, it makes sense. Uh, a good example that I saw in a playoffs game where I was like, wow, this, like, their comp doesn't really make sense to how they want to play the game was when they were playing Ezreal, Yumi, like, GP top lane, like, all of these picks that outscale and they should be comfortable, like, not, like, just chilling out 
and waiting as the game goes on. And then like Blabber Lee Sin sees a, 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 an op oh, oh wow, an option to fight. You see double teleport, everyone goes in, and then they just naturally lose because they're the worst team at that point of the game. And I was like, wow, this is this is a fight that they would probably win earlier on in the split if they're playing champions that make sense to scrapping early. Um so I think it really was just a team identity thing um, and whatever in, happened internally. But like, I, I like the idea of running it back. I think far too many teams have like knee-jerk reactions to like a bad end of split and change things wholesale when they have the option to run the same kind of roster and learn from the mistakes that they had in the past. So I, I think it's good to still keep the same team and recognize that like this is what we failed on. Let's never have, not, that should never happen again. I think the other thing people are forgetting, we've talked a lot about this zone, so I'm going to make my bit a little shorter, but like, one, I think this will be a difficult offseason to make big changes, um, and it's not clear to me what players they could get if they really wanted to replace people, and I think it's also really difficult to identify the players that you would replace, right? It's not like, oh man, if only we just had one different uh, situation, but... I don't know, uh, one different player, then it would be a totally different situation. The other thing is spring split is, is what you play first. And so like, I think it is okay for if in normal situations we say, Hey, we'd love to see teams experiment in spring. Well, I think if you're kind of nervous about this roster, because, but it did really well, I think it's kind of okay to quote unquote experiment by letting it play again in spring. Right. And like, guess what? You will still have time to fix it. Um, and you can be prepared to make, you can set yourself up for success, right? By, as the caller said, you know, um, academy or whatever, but, uh, mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I think you can, you can hedge your bets and, and see how things shake out in spring and make changes for summer. If you need to, we do see, need C9 to, is a tough one. Just want to make a last point. C9 is a tough one when you're talking about like, uh, comparing it to the academy team, because the academy team is very good for sure, but I wouldn't change anyone on the C9 main team because they were built to be a top like a like a championship roster. Um, so unless if they like literally didn't have faith in a player or something, then fine. But I think that this is a team that should continue on as like as the same. No, I mean ultimately I agree with all of you. I mean you all mentioned and I agree. Like it's not easy to replace any of these players. And I don't know if I came across wrong, but I didn't want them to make any roster changes. Mm -hmm. oh, uh, I'm, I'm excited about them. Issue. Yeah. No, I was I... saying it's concerning, like just because, like, they they announced it so soon, like that, that maybe they didn't look into anything. But oh, ultimately, like my whole point was that, like, I just would like like mental booms or or different things like you can never see coming, like Olay and Crown, like where they just had these fall offs, like you couldn't account for. I would like if the academy roster was strong enough to to slot in and and not be like a detriment to the team. Which I mean, they won the the academy worlds so i'm not too concerned but i don't i didn't watch a lot of i mean i was hoping raz would talk more about their strengths and stuff but oh yeah well, wait, like, I, if oh, you want to no. give at, a very brief version raz, we've, at, we've, raz this call's been at, very long. i'll mute you what if you have 30 seconds i'll mute you if you go longer um Mark wow, wants to go okay. i think they're it's great 10 5 already we have two more callers that's it's i just want to put out, out of here lord have mercy mark this is your job all right i'm the one not getting paid i am making that very clear mark zimmerman Zimmerman Z. Uh, I get. I mean, I get paid the same amount as long as I hit my my goddamn hours. As soon as I hit them, I'm out. <laughs> uh, okay, I'll just make it very quick. I think Palafox is insane. I think uh, uh, um, 
Fudge is for sure like number one top laner at the moment. Like he's he's been really solid, consistent. Um, the only reason, like, so I'd be interested in a Fudge being an LCS, but I think Licorice is insane. I would be interested in Palafox being an LCS, but like people undervalue like the role in, that Niski is fulfilling on the team. Like his his job is not to be like get all the resources into Smash Lane. Like that's what Power of Evil is going to be doing. Palafox gets resources from Minori. Like Bjergsen gets resources. Like that's completely different from the roster. And so if you want to change how the roster operates, then maybe. Um, but I would I I, I think Niski is much better than people count him out to be. And people were saying he was number one mid laner right now in spring. So that's crazy now that we're having the conversation of like the best mid laner to now just like his jobs in is a question mark. That makes no sense to me. Hey, thanks so much, caller. Uh, any shout outs really quickly before we move on to the next caller? Yeah, shout outs to all Travis's sponsors and a special shout out to Captain Flowers for one time denying me an interview and Travis spiting him and doing the interview for me. Oh, that was you. Okay. Yeah, nice. Well, I'm happy to have done it for you. Have a good one. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thanks, guys. See ya. I love that. Captain Flowers. So this guy tweeted at Captain Flowers and was like, hey, man, uh, really appreciate you. You're great. Was hoping I could do an interview with you for my class, like a school project that I've got. And Flowers replied and was like, hey, man, because we get so many of these, Riot says, like, you know, like, it's probably best that we just don't do any because it'd be unfair to others. And I just replied to the guy and I was like, hey, I'll do it for you because uh, I don't have Riot telling me to turn people down. So and he was like, yes. And then it worked out. Nidhin, Nid. Where are you calling from? Hey, that's good. Uh, I'm calling from Calgary, Canada. Oh, we hit the jackpot! That's my <laughs> Calgary brother right now. Just people. I know. Me. I heard you say you love the flames on a previous call. Hell yes. What part of Calgary? <laughs> Northeast, Southwest. What's up? Uh, Northeast. Oh, that's what I love to see. And he said it too. All right. <laughs> Not gonna explain it, but yes, yes, agreed. Yeah, but wonderful. Dope. <laughs> Need. Want to hear the take? Yes. All right. So what I wanted to say is um, if TL kept double lift, they would have actually won the season. Is I that think, spicy enough? I think, okay, go. Wait, do you want to elaborate? Well, okay. So t t call me out if I'm talking in like perfect hindsight or not. Okay. Um, if... Doublelift didn't go over to TSM. Do you think that they would have kept Dardock or would they would have swapped him out for somebody else? I, mean, I think TSM Dardoch. would have made changes regardless. Like yeah. it seemed like that they was would have independent. Made... Okay, so I don't think there was anyone good or available enough that would have given Bjergsen the confidence that he needed to pop off as much as he did in this um, specific season. What he said in his interviews, even with you and throughout. I don't know, many other interviewers, what he said was that he needed the confidence in his other lanes where he didn't have to go and carry them. So the only person that I could see coming in to save the day was Double Lift and bringing Biofrost along with him in order to just give that bot lane, just the, just giving Bjergsen the confidence that they're not going to com be completely trashed on. And yeah, I think if TL were to keep double lift, I'm honestly I'm pissed off that they gave up on him in one split. He did say he carried uh, he did carry TL for such a long time, and that they gave up on him after one split is kind of tragic. I feel so. And, okay, 
Oh, that's ahead. not really debatable whether he carried him or carried the team. For sure, I just, because yeah. Sorry, we're running we're running low on time, so I want to make sure we we move mm-hmm. on. Go ahead, go your, ahead. Did you have any other elements of your take, or should we just dive in? Um. Well, there is there's a the portion I want to mention on how. Um, no, actually, okay, we're short on time. Go ahead. So so yeah. so here's here's the two ways of looking at this. One. There's the way of looking at it just sort of like team strength thing. I do agree that double lift coming in, it really felt like, especially by the end of the split, you know, that TSM, you know, just as a team, they all kind of figured out their shit and like double lift sorted to return to the form that we had expected from him from previous years. And like him and Bjergsen seemed to be able to sort of set the tone for the team based off of what we've heard on how that team works. Um, and so you say, okay, okay, well, double if's not there, maybe TSM can't do that. Um, and you say, okay, TL was really close. Maybe we think that double if performed better in playoffs. And so, um, then, then tactical, even though tactical is really good, but maybe you say, okay, that means that TL can win. Here's a, the other side of it. I think TL would be still pretty boomed if double if was there. Like that relationship yeah. I think was pretty soured from even what we saw publicly, right? So it doesn't, it's hard to imagine that that team like figures out all their shit, everything goes great, everyone's happy, and then they just go on their merry way and get first. Yeah, yeah. The, the human element That's is something true. that you're definitely overlooking a little bit where you said they gave up on him. Uh, if I'm double if teammate, uh, he gave up on me. What are you talking about? He didn't give a fuck spring split. He said it as much publicly. He, in the interviews nowadays- But has he admitted, did defend that. No, he did defend he, that. No, no, he admitted uh, that was a, no. He admitted that was a massive mistake in his interview with Travis. He said he should not have said that as disrespectful to his teammates. That's true. So it was yeah. actually in an interview yesterday that he actually um, he actually said corrected because he said, "Okay, spring split not mattering." Um, he, it came to be correct because C9 dominated the spring split and did excellent. And then what no. happened? their dominance didn't really count for much when it came to... You're not even... This isn't even reason... related to the point. He he said in that interview, okay. the one that I'm referencing as well, that he still felt that way and that he didn't feel wrong feeling that way. The part that was wrong was how he acted in communicating it publicly. That's correct. Forever. That's true. Right. So That's your true. point that you're raising now does not contradict anything I just said. I don't know about that, but... <laughs> I, I, wh- why I don't agree with that is because... He had a valid point. Yes, he should have done better. And even he admitted that he should have done better. Um, I don't understand but, how you're literally debating Doublelift's own point where he says, I shouldn't have said that. It was not nice. Like, it wasn't good to my teammates. And that, that, that's on me. Like, do you, you disagree with him saying that? No, no, no. I completely agree with that. I think we're, I think we're losing the topic The main here. point... That I want to get down to the, I want to get to the point of this. Well, there's one, there's one more thing I, I have to say okay. before okay. I'm, I'm over this fucking topic after this. One, it was a, 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 a human issue. Regardless of whether you think Double said X, Y, and Z in this interview, it doesn't matter. The, 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 and to Travis's point, the reputation was sou- soured. The, 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 not relationship. Relationship was soured. Mm-hmm. Second, and this is a hilarious thing that Empire said in chat, which is actually arguably true. Uh, TL can't play through topside. So even if you put Doublelift on that roster and he played Senna, you know, four games, you don't have Broken Blade and Bjergsen snowballing topside in their wins. So you could make the argument that you might have had the same result on TL. 
Okay. Are so you saying you can make the argument that you can, Mark? I'm saying you can make the argument that double lift on TL doesn't do anything different. Oh, that they would have had the same, sorry, they would have had the same result they did this time, not, okay. Right, because you can't, oh, make, the same you, can't make, you cannot make TL's playstyles TSM, which is how they won. Raz, would you like to come in with a little levity? But I don't, perhaps I don't humor? think TSM would have had the results that they had, right? I don't want us to kind of bastardize the main topic. The main topic was literally just like if, T if Team Liquid um, kept double lift, they win. Yeah. They win, I, which I think is the problem. It's not. That's not true. I think like they still have an issue with jungle and top lane. That's the main issue for me. Um, that doesn't change. And actually, tactical was a boost in laning phase, um, and actually had some good games in playoffs. So I can't even say anything necessarily about veteranship and having the experience because I think that wasn't an issue. So um, I think, um, and also another point too is uh, TSM. Like if they kept Kabe, Kabe was actually still. Like a strong AD carry, personally. I, I thought that he still would have done well if they had double lift or not. Uh, and Bjergsen's performance, all of this is all based off of having insider knowledge of like how Bjergsen would have operated with the experience of, um, you know, one AD carry versus the other, which I don't think is, you know, anyone's really qualified other than anyone in, in the team to really give an answer on that. Um, but what I saw was just Bjergsen's individual performance. So. I don't think the the you know TL TL would win the split just off that one change alone. Yeah, and to be clear, I think this was a mutually beneficial situation. I think it worked out much better for Doublelift. I think it worked out much better for TSM, and I think it worked out better for TL as well. Like, mm -hmm. I think I don't think TSM wins with Kabe staying. You know, I'm, I would never make that that argument. I, I don't think you know. I think Doublelift had a fantastic split, um, and I think that this was a mutually beneficial situation for both for every party. Did TSM, not work TL. at not every party. Golden Guardians, uh, maybe would have Oof. benefited in a world Oof. where, or Cloud Nine would have they would have benefited in a world where. That's true. We did where this trade had not happened. Sorry, Raz. Uh, yeah. Raz, any any kind words that you want to share to your compatriot here after Mark blasted him live on air? <laughs> Look, Mark's feeling a little bit testy because the the show is going long. Oh, and that had nothing say, to do with it. That would end the same response in hour and, one as hour eight. And, Mr. Mr. Man, you, you definitely trail off in multiple different topics is the only thing, too. You, 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 you're arguing points that you definitely don't want to argue. But I love that energy. So, <laughs> Mid, anything that you want to say, uh, like shout-outs or plugs or anything before we move on to our last caller? No, that's pretty much it. Uh, Shout-out to Alienware. Thank, thank you so much for the call. And... Uh, and don't don't let this make you gun shy from calling again in the future. Mark just oh no way he gets like this. <laughs> All right, oh, <laughs> catch you later. <laughs> All right, moving on. To... I enjoyed the shit out of that. Call. <laughs> moving I mean, on. To it's, the... it's not even arguing with me. It's it's you're arguing with Doublelift himself. Is the weird part. I think yeah, I, I think mean, you guys started talking past so. each other at a certain point in time. I understand. They were, they were, they were, they were not. I don't think they were talking past each other. They were talking away from the main point. Yeah, that's just true. Adds that more was... time. Mark, yeah. come on, we got to show. Okay, there we go. Red, <laughs> he just insta pulls him. Uh, rotate or AFK. Thank you, Red Rain. Thank you for giving the sub. Bowie Chin, uh, Oli, Oli, Great War Six Six Six, Avera Exolvark. Uh, OPTSM fan is here. Long, long standing. Much like Jordan, another name that I. I've recognized for a long time. OPTSM fan, where are you calling from? 
Uh, I'm now calling from Phoenix, Arizona. You didn't? You did moved? you? Where were you before? Houston, Texas. Yeah, I, I moved. I, I I work over here at the university here. Oh, nice. Well, ho- we hopefully go. the move has been good for you. Uh, I moved the week before the school closed down for COVID. So yeah, you're just, you're just chilling. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, well, I think it was kind of more of a he pulled me because TSM. But I I want to say that I think that TSM's playstyle towards uh, Broken Blade reminded me of how Cloud9 in the past has cultivated like their rookie talent or new players, and I think that bodes well for them at Worlds, uh, and especially for Doublelift, probably getting out of groups for the first time. Sorry, why, uh, why do you think that it, like specifically the rookie players make you feel this way? Um, so comparing it to cloud nine cloud nine was always like they would play to the strength of that player as opposed to making them fit and that's been a criticism of tsm before to where they would plug in a player in jungle primarily and make them play a certain style that fit the team and now seemingly with double lift kind of taking the back seat more playing towards the weak side playing the scaling senna and Ash supportive ADCs and playing towards Broken Blade Strikes as a carry top laner, uh, Spica as this aggressive jungler who, you know, knows all these matchups of Eve and Skarner, you know, and, and he's he's obviously actively calling for this in draft or that he's comfortable with it. And the, and the coaches, like Raz was talking about, it's a conversation. Um, I think that's really, really good, which is why I think... Uh, not having double lift be like the focal point will take the pressure off of him. Just like Bjergsen talked about how he doesn't have to have be the voice and worry about laning. Yeah. You just think it all kind of came together. Yeah. I think, I think it's, it's a, I think it's a maturity moment for not only like double lift playing kind of like second fiddle or even third in some cases, but just also for the organization of TSM uh, that they finally have like moved to this point to where, Maybe it's not four awards anymore, right? You know what? OPTSM fan. Every time you come on the show, there'd be times where I'd be like, I don't necessarily agree with your point, et cetera, et cetera. This one, 100%. I, I do think, I think uh, going top lane isn't like the strongest point. I think the jungle one for sure is the biggest hit for me because uh, TSM, when they, whenever they go to a, a pressure moment, be it playoffs or, or, or a final setting, that's when you see the worst of them usually. Like that's when you see them just like decide to make jungle just yeah, the ward. Or like, you know, they're just very specific to like playing to what we usually do. And it really destroys what is a a, a playstyle that that player necessarily has. Like Dardox probably the best example of that in most recent one. But then you have Svenskaren, Santorin, like literally Acadian. a whole list occasion yeah. of junglers that are in that same mitts. But now I only really see Obviously, outside looking in, but you see streams as well where, you know, speakers encouraged consistently. He would have, like, one bad cane game and every, the community won't let it down, but then he would con- continue to play his shit. I think in the game game five, he was able to care- play a carry jungler, and then you saw Camille topside, and they were playing away from double lift uh, bio uh, towards their topside strong side. Like, that's something where, like, yeah, you wouldn't see from a TSM in the past. I still want to see them keep that energy going in internationals. I think they should still keep that and be as flexible as possible. But like, yeah, for sure, I'm I'm really help, happy with that. 
and it's to Marcy's point that he said earlier is that they were so they were actually like game planning like how like you hear like Belichick or some of these professional coaches in football like they game plan for the team that week and what they can do best against it uh, and I think that TSM can can try to do that at Worlds because they identified hey we can play topside against Solo you know or we could do this or whatever um, it's just uh, I had I had another point. I'll let I'll let someone else jump in. Watch out! I was going to say I'll, I'll jump in. Oh, yeah, you go, you go, you go. Oh, I was just going to say yeah. I think the other thing too is um, all that planning in the regular season. I think paid off, and I don't want to ignore that part of as Travis loves to say the journey. So you're not just <laughs> ending up at the destination. Is that what I they love to fun- say? <laughs> you love to say you invented that saying. I believe oh, journey for destination. Yes. Um, but yeah, like the the tank fiddle game where they they into regular season game. Like you know people gloss over those like there that that loss was just stupid and you should have never done that but i think all those mistakes that you make that you're willing to put yourself through while learning these different play styles and these different things ends up mattering in the end and i think that's one of the things that they did very well that teams like c9 could not manage to do and tl didn't even try yeah um, and I think FlyQuest experienced a fair, amount, a fair amount too. For the most part, I think they didn't do enough with their top lane. They they always ignored him while Poe kept trying new shit and like Turtle and Mash and all these other experiments were going on. Well, you know, I think that bit them in the butt too. They they never experimented with top lane ever. I, I do think, uh, and I'm glad you said that because that brought me to my point. Like Golden Guardians does this really well, where they've like they let uh, FBI and Closer kind of do their thing, but the majority of NA, and which is why I think. There's this big stigma. Uh, uh, popped again, Travis. Sorry. Uh, okay, continue. That there's a stigma that we just like have a set style, and that that's why we don't see any flexibility coming to worlds. Because once we figure out that style, or the teams figure out our style, well, then we can't do anything. We've been promised from you know Riot that franchising will allow all of us to try all these new things, and it just kind of never happened. But TSM did that. You know, we saw FlyQuest do that. Golden Guardians did that, this split. And if more teams try to not make a product that gets them wins, but a product that can grow over the course of the season, especially with Spring Split not mattering as much currently, unless they change the format again, I think you will see the growth of NA as a region when you're trying to make a learning experience. You don't just grab someone and say, well, that's what their niche is or that we have to fit their style. No, you should expand and, you know, try to get them. TSM do doesn't win spring finals if they don't let Spica int on Kane in game one of the regular season. Bold prediction. True? I mean, hindsight 2020, so. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, like, having failures, and this is just something that TSM kind of did poorly at times during this split, but I think, like, overall is more of a positive, which is if you... If you if you're being creative, like if you try something out in draft, or if you try something out like for a player that has little experience, and then it doesn't work out, having the mentality or having like the environment be like, kind of like, be more positive and yeah, don't let it working, crush them. Yeah, don't let it crush them, but definitely make it so like they know what to do next time they get put in that exact same situation, and like recognize if that's something we want to continue to do, and not be like we're not doing this because you play like ass. Like that's just the worst thing you could do. Because then, like, the pressure piles up. Where you're like, well, do I ever want to bring this in scrims now? Because, like, if it just doesn't work out, then I'm, you know, yeah. I'm only really weighing people down. Obviously, this requires so much of, like, inner inside, like, knowledge. Um, 
But at the end of the day, like that's something that I like to see. Um, there is something to be worried about, though. Just saying that, like sometimes, like if a team doesn't want to play towards top side, and if it's or like playing to one side of the map, and it's just not working out, most of the time it's because it's like the iceberg rule where. 80% of the practice that they had in scrims that like that side of the map is getting blasted or it's just like, or they just don't know how to, as a team, like to how to make it work. So when you, what you see on stage, a lot of the times is just what they're more comfortable with. So, and so they got to keep it cool. Like an iceberg. There we go. They got to keep it <laughs> ice cold. Yeah. Um, That's what you're getting at with that metaphor, right? Raz? No, no, no. Like 20% is things of what you yes, see. I know. Like, I know. Oh, yeah, God. Okay. All right, all right, all right. Okay. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's the one thing I want to point out. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I liked what I saw at the very end of it with uh, Spica and Broken Blade. I hope we get to see more of it. Okay. Yeah, as, soon as, as soon as I saw that interview with Spica where he's like, yeah, sometimes you kill yourself. I forget what his saying was, but it's like, he said something like, yeah, sometimes you run it down or something, but it's all right. And like, he said in the most chill, like, surfer pro way ever. And it's like, you know, you know, that guy's fine. Hey, uh, OPTSM fans, sorry we don't have more time. Um, is there anything you want to shout out before we close out the show? Yeah, for sure. Uh, real quick, thank you to obviously Alienware for supporting this show. Uh, shout out to Mark Z and Raz. Uh, shout out to Linda, I crystallization for that Juan fan piece that she translated. Yes. It's so great. If you haven't seen it, go read it. Uh, and then my brothers and my fraternity PMA LCS league. It's a little mini league. And if you want more NA talent fans, just give, be a little bit more patient uh, with them and that'd be great. Are there any other shout outs? I mean, how long do we have? No, I'm kidding. That's, uh, you know, <laughs> Travis, Travis, shout out to you as well. Oh, wow. He finally got it. He got <laughs> I'm, it. So I'm looking at the screen and Travis is like, wait a second. Thank you for the yeah. call. We'll catch you next time. See ya. See it. All right. Fun episode. <laughs> what was it? What are you guys laughing at? I don't know. I just love how the last taste was. Uh, yeah, there was, was a little, the little bit of tension at the end of the show. What are you talking about? <laughs> arguing is what we do. It's it's when I'm having my most fun. We don't normally like, argue like that. Oh, uh, I, like, I had a lot of fun. No, guys. no, no. I just wanted to let me finish my thought. You wouldn't let me finish it. Rev. I, I was having fun. Raz, you got any shout-outs, plugs? Um, shout out Golden Guardians, but bang, a lot of the players as well. Um, Did know, you say a like, lot of the players? All of the players. Okay. <laughs> you I know say a lot of the Golden Guardians. Like, <laughs> a um, lot of the players. <laughs> shout out to all the players. This is a habit, all right? It's a natural thing. Um, yeah. Big love. Hope the next split is even stronger. Oh, and if you haven't gotten to see it, of course, is the end of that uh series that we were running um so check out the golden guardians youtube channel for that one it, it was a oh yeah your docuseries i need to go back and watch that hey yeah. everybody sitting here because raz spent the two hours on the show and listened to mark rage out on a caller you should you should go watch the golden guardians documentary because there's no lead content for a very long time so go, go learn a little bit more about this rising team and their rising players the concert uh, Mark, you got any shout outs, plugs, anything you want to say? Uh, nope. I'm, I'm, I'm off for a little bit. I'm going to go to Palm Springs this weekend. I'm looking forward to, uh, uh are we back uh, on Monday or are we not doing this next week on Monday? No, I'll be back. I okay. come back. Ashley works on Monday. So we'll be back. All right. We're, I'm going to stick around afterwards and, uh, and hopefully you guys can help me troubleshoot my audio. Not Twitch chat can not Mark or I have no help from you guys. Uh, for everyone else, you can check out my 
new show, Run It Down, which might be now called Run It Over or something else on my, oh my YouTube God. channel. It's really great. I'm doing it with Tim. It's very easy, four minutes. Please give me feedback. And uh, thanks, everyone, for watching. I really, really do appreciate it. It's been Hotline League episode 138, I think. <laughs>